right, welcome back to another episode of Riding the Wall with your undisputed tag team champions of the podcast world again. Um, we always so, come back. Oh yeah, we're always back. So how was your week? It was, it was alright. Yeah? Yeah, just just alright, you know. Wasn't well, it? sometimes that's good. Yeah. It's better it's, than being way too busy. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I'll tell you what, mine has just been hectic as hell. Um course we're recording this on friday because i've just had a lot of stuff going on i haven't really had a lot of time to get this recorded we like to record on a wednesday or thursday but this week it's been a friday life happens yeah um did you get any damage down there with that storm this past week i had some limbs down you know just shakes the trees basically and all the loose sticks come down and gives me an hour's worth of work picking them up before yeah. I mow, you know. Just <laughs> right. like God, it's God saying, get off the couch, Justin. Right. You, know? yeah, you need to be doing something right now, bud. Yeah. Well, we had, I think we had a small tornado or something up here because I don't know if you've seen the neighborhood as you was coming in, but we've got quite a few trees down and around the rest of the town don't have a whole lot. Don't have a whole lot of damage, but we got got quite a bit right here in this neighborhood. I mean, I think there's a, there's a house or something right down the road that had some siding just ripped off and all that. There's like foam or something underneath yeah, the siding. Board. Yeah, that's all over the place. Um, I was out mowing yesterday just to kind of clean the yard up and stuff, and I was hitting these little bitty chunks of styrofoam, and that's I don't like the white spots in my green yard. You know how that is, but uh, yeah. I'm a I'm a yard Nazi. But um, yeah, HR then, had a few few trees down out there. Yeah, he was sending some pics that uh, he had some storm damage out there his way. Yeah, but um, yeah, I had that. I had Dad was in the hospital today, so we just got home from that. So we've been, and, and work, that's always keeping up. So I've had a pretty busy week. Not really had time to stop for anything yet, but uh, that's all right, too. So you got to have the, the slow weeks and the busy weeks kind of yeah. balance out. But, um, so we got some news this week. We do. We got some NASCAR news. Do you want to you talk about the news? you want to talk about I'm Michigan talking about, first? Yeah, we can go ahead and jump into the news. Uh, Noah Grayson. Uh, story of the week yeah he uh he asked legacy motor club for to let him have his contract he wants to resign he wants to step away and the reports that i read they all said the same thing that he wanted to take and this is in air quotes here but he's uh wanting to take time to work through the nascar reinstatement policy yeah procedure uh just because you know, NASCAR saying he made a mistake, and Legacy saying he made a mistake by liking a meme. You know, he didn't he didn't post anything. He liked a meme. Right. And which I've done that on accident. Right. A lot of people have. Yeah. And uh, I don't I don't know the face to face details with Noah, Legacy, and NASCAR, but maybe he admitted to liking it, or maybe he didn't push back and say hey it was an accident i was scrolling and you know yeah accidentally hit the like you know but i don't know those details but he has asked for legacy to let him out of his contract so he can do some pr work i guess you'd say yeah Um, um, hopefully he can get that done he can get it done fairly quick and maybe he can i don't like it yeah (laughs) go ahead elaborate (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying i don't i don't i don't think i don't think i don't think any person's job 
should be on that on the line over something like that. True. I mean, I understand if you take the time and spell something out, write something, create the meme, create it, you yeah. know, something like that. I understand that, but I'm sorry, but this world and these companies are just way too fucking sensitive. And oh, yeah. if, you know, I mean, it, it's what they're doing is, and I said this to you the other night when we was talking about it on the phone was mm-hmm. I don't, I don't have social media. I do zero social media. I don't have Facebook. I don't have Snapchat. I don't have Twitters. I don't have none of that, you know? Right. <laughs> so, but if I was, if I was a professional athlete or a public figure, I still wouldn't. But on the same note, a lot of these people are required to have it to push their product, to push their sponsors, you know? Mm-hmm. So how do you manage that? You know what I'm saying? It's, I mean, people are going to make mistakes. And if you crucify somebody every time they mess up, I mean, what, what are you proving? Yep. You know what I'm saying? It's, 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 you got them pressured to the point they don't want to be on it. Right. But at the same time, they are just like, just like we are, you know, they want to see what the world's saying. They want to, they want to scroll through and, and look at some memes and whatever. Um, I'm I'm just like you. I don't have, I've got an Instagram, but I don't post anything. Um, I don't, I don't have, you know, I don't keep track of my friends on Instagram. I just have it just to kind of. Who's buying tomatoes at Walmart? Right. You know, I don't, who gives a shit? Yeah. You know? I don't want, I don't <laughs> care what you're having for dinner. I don't care that, you know, whatever, whatever it is that you're posting on there. It don't really bother me. I I just like looking at, you know, reading some of the funny stuff, the joking stuff, you know. I tell you, one of the things I really get a kick out of is I see a lot of these animal voiceovers on there. I think those are funny as hell. Oh yeah. Have you ever seen any of those? Uh-huh. Oh man, well, if you ever find any, those are funny. <laughs> but uh, well, I but, mean, yeah, my I mean, sense of humor would get me in a lot of trouble if I was right. a public figure. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. I and I don't, you know, I think I think shit's funnier than hell. Oh, you yeah. know, mm-hmm. I, I mean, if you can't laugh at stuff in in the serious world that we live in, then something's wrong. Right. You know, I mean, if but you know the kind of what I was going into was they said it was a George Floyd meme mocking his death or something like that, something along those lines. Yeah. And that I know how sensitive a subject that is across the United States. I'm and, not blind to it. Right. But would have it been the same punishment or the same drastic measures if it was a meme, if he liked a meme about um, sexism, like uh, girls can't drive as good as boys, you know, something along those lines, or domestic, like uh, a man making a comment about a woman cooking dinner, you know, I mean, just, we see all those memes, mm-hmm. and would have it been the same outcome if it would have been another serious subject, or was it just because it was the serious subject? It, yeah, it was a racial right. thing, yeah, I, I don't know, yeah, I mean, that's... That's a good question. I mean, when you look back a couple of years ago, Denny Hamlin got a lot of pushback when he he posted a a meme about Larson's racing, and, and 
the meme that he posted was from a clip from, was it Family Guy, I think? There was an Asian woman driving the car, and she swerved over like three lanes, didn't use her signal or something like that. And he posted that meme in reference to the way Larson was swerving around on the track. And he got a lot of pushback from that because of Larson's ethnicity. And and then he put a meme of an Asian woman up there. So And because it was had a racial theme to it, he got a lot of pushback. And or I just it could think be portrayed that, that way. Yes, it was the people that didn't like it portrayed it that way. Right. And I could and I turn I could turn any meme into portrayal. Exactly. You know, period. Yes, and that's and that's like you said earlier, that's the world that we live in today. Everybody's a victim, it's everybody's bullshit. a snowflake. Yeah. I mean, and I'll just say it, we're we're soft. We're if, not. No, me no, me and you are not. We we were not raised that way. No. Um but there's just so many people out there because I'm just going to go ahead and say this. Our parents cared about us and our upbringing, and I appreciate them for that because they made us the people that we are, and they made us tougher, and they made us to where we can maybe look at both sides and come up with a reasonable outcome or a decision, whereas people nowadays can't because the way – and it goes back to your upbringing – People just don't care. They let their kids do whatever they want these days. A lot of people do. Not everybody, because right. there's still are. We some were good also ones. raised to have tough skin. If somebody yeah. said something about me jokingly, you know, yeah, I mean, there's going to be things that piss you off. There's going to be things that hurt your feelings and stuff like that. But the way we were raised was take it, take your lump and go down the road. Say yeah. something back. Right. You know, stand and, up. Right, and that's that's what's wrong with generations Society. after us is they can't take nothing. No. Unless they're sitting... But they... they Unless they're a lot benefiting. Of, a lot of them can put it out there if they're behind a keyboard. Yeah. But they can't take it, you mm-hmm. know? And <clears throat> that's just a really, really big problem with me. Yeah. And, and I think that's why I'm in a bad mood a lot of times. Just the way society is today, and to get it back to where it... I wouldn't even say to get it back where it was, because where it was is a lot of different points, you know, but um, from where it was for me, um, which would have been like back in the 90s, 80s, 90s, the world was a, seemed to me, because I didn't see a lot of the problems in the world, but it seemed like a better place because racial issues wasn't all that big of a deal. I feel like we have taken, you know, we, we would take two steps forward and then we'll take five steps back. And we are just, we're just shooting ourselves in the foot with this racial issues yeah. today because everybody blows it out of proportion. Their skin is so soft to it. And, and it goes both ways. And used to, you know, if a, if a white cop arrested or injured a African American, you know, it wasn't, there's always been wrong and yeah. right. You right. know, but it wasn't turned into something. Yeah. And and I know sometimes it should, probably should have been. Yeah, oh yeah. But there's also times, you know, you look at the, uh, where was that, where the five cops killed somebody? Uh, Tennessee? Uh, oh, Memphis. Memphis. Yeah. 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 You know, a lot of, and that was an African-American gentleman they, they killed. And a lot of the police were black in that Yeah, there, there was seven of them, I think, and yeah. five of them were African-American cops. Right. That didn't. They wasn't marching the streets. They wasn't. I mean, it was on the news. Yeah. But they wasn't marching the streets and tearing shit up and burning stuff down. Right. Ca- screaming at 
you know, all these issues going on. But if that would have been, I feel like if that would have been five white cops and two African-American cops that killed that gentleman, it it, would have been different. And that's not right. You know, if somebody makes a mistake, they need to be held accountable. I don't care what color your skin is. Mm -hmm. But accountability is gone these days. Right, but keep it keep it level because what you're doing is you're just you're taking racism a different direction. Right. You know, you're not getting rid of it, you're not solving anything, you're just changing the direction of it. It's almost I feel like and this is just my opinion, um I feel like it is being uh what's the word? I had the word just a minute ago and it left me. It almost feels like it's being um pushed to the forefront um it's i I don't want to say it's promoted but it feels like it's everybody is making especially the news and that's 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 the biggest problem that we have in this country is the news um and like i said that's my opinion but no it's a fact (laughs) yeah (laughs) okay (laughs) um but I just feel like it's being pushed to the forefront. Everything that involves any sort of racial tone, whatever, or theme is is just, it is um, struck down one way. And it that's not the way it should be. I mean, racism is racism, whether it's coming from the black or the white or the brown right. or the yellow. I mean... It, and it's it's not right. I'm not a racist person, and and I live in a town that is known for being racist. Yes, I mean <laughs> I mean when I I'm not from this town originally, but when we came here back in the I'm gonna say it was the early '90s, late '80s, there were still, and I know this is a sensitive subject for a lot of people, but there were still KKK marches on the square. Right, and that was just. When we came here, I was just a little kid. I didn't even know what the KKK was, and it's like, holy crap. But we were one of the last towns to actually... Allow it, basically. Didn't stop it. Right. You know, and um, and that wasn't right, but... So, and I came from a place where it was 50%, it seemed like to me, it was 50% white, 50% black. So I didn't know what racism was. It was just people, you know? You had black people, you had white people, but they are all people, and they were treated that way. Um, and then we come up here, and it was it was different. It was just a different, I don't know how to say it, but it was just different, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's, I don't know, I kind of got off topic here, but it, it just... I don't like the racism that today has in it, you know, and everything. Like I said, from the TV, especially the TV, that's right. Well, and the but, political I mean, people, my the political big, people making decisions. My big thing is bullying shouldn't be allowed. You know, no. if 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 I'm talking to this African American gentleman or this Asian gentleman, calling him. Names. names and picking on him and making his life hell that should be i should get in trouble for that right but on the on the on the opposite leg if if i'm cutting up with one of my african-american friends and me and him are cutting up back and forth and somebody overhears it 
that should not be turned into a racial thing, you know? Right. Because it's between me and him, and we're just goofing off. Right, and you know, you know you're both goofing off. Right, and, and, and yeah, it, everything's cool. That, that's exactly what happened to, like, Morgan Wallen, you yeah. know, a couple of years ago when he was out with his black friends, and he, he was drunk, and him and his buddies were goofing off, laughing, falling down in the yard. You know, I remember they, seeing that clip. Yeah, and yeah. he said the N word with with an A on the end. He didn't say it with an E R on the end. You know, <laughs> and one of the neighbors was recording it. You know, mm-hmm. on their phone. And I mean, he he got dropped from the radio. He lost his label. I mean, they tried canceling him for right, that. They yeah. did. And mm-hmm. I mean, it took his friend to step up and say, you know, "Me and Morgan have been friends since we could walk." You yeah. know, he is not a racist. He, you know, we talk and joke like that all the time. And to me, there shouldn't be any difference between you, me, or any other celebrity or anybody out in public to say, you know, if I'm going to say the N-word or if I'm going to get in trouble for saying the N-word, then mm-hmm. Snoop Dogg and Drake and uh, all these guys that put it on their albums... Yeah. And say it nonchalantly Every on other TV. Word, seems like. Right. If you want the word to go away, everybody has to quit saying it. Right. So we don't teach the future generations, the the kids around us that are hearing the words. That's the only way it's going to go away. Everybody has to quit saying it. Right. Not just the white people. Yeah. Because that right there in itself is racist. Right. You know? And and that can and like you said, it's it's kind of teaching the kids that are growing up they're confused right i mean because I, it's okay for one person to say it but it's not okay for another person to say it. well how is that you know yeah. because i'm a firm believer all kids are innocent you know they're, they're absolutely they are taught i mean if i come home from if i come home from work twice a week and i beat my old lady yeah if i put my hands on her twice a week and my kids grow up watching me do this what do you think my sons are going to do to their wives when they get older? Same thing, because they think the, it's okay, that, because they've seen Dad do it. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what needs, that kind of shit is exactly what needs to stop. People got to quit saying it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and mostly public figures need to quit saying it if they want it to go away. Yeah. But it's the same people saying, quit saying that, and then they're putting albums out with it on there 2,000 times. Right. You know, and that's yep. not okay. No, I agree with that. Um, it's just, yeah, the world we live in today is upside down from the way I feel that it needs to be, you know? I mean, this country is great for a lot of different reasons. Yes, we've got a checkered past, both good and bad, but the only way to improve and get better is by learning from that past, not making them same mistakes again, and being better moving forward for the future generations, you know. But um, I don't know. This, we could talk about yeah. this for two, oh, three yeah. hours. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, I said last week if I'd have hit that Mega Millions, that billions of dollars, you know, I'd have I'd have bought an hour of national TV time. <laughs> I totally said that. <laughs> That'd be good to see. Yeah. <laughs> but I think. Getting back to Noah Gregson, hopefully, you know, the young man learns what he did wrong. Um, 
he can if he did go, anything wrong. If he did anything wrong, I mean, it's yet to prove. And I, I don't know if he's even came forward and said, "Yeah, I did that. I, I did that right. wrong. That was my mistake." Yeah. I don't know. We he don't might know. have. He might not have. So he may have clicked it by accident. You know, I've, I'm not saying that if he did it on purpose. If he did it on purpose, I'm not saying there shouldn't be consequences. But right. to ruin the young man's life and his family's life over something like that is a bit drastic. Same yeah. with Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. You know, and that goes, you know, if if Bubba Wallace walked through the infield and seen Chris Busher over here, he's like, hey, Hillbilly, you think he's going to get in any trouble? No. Exactly. I really don't think so. Not a bit. He mm-hmm. won't. You know, and that's not okay. Right. I agree. And, you know, I mean, Larson did, Larson made the same mistake. He was on iRacing. He was in the heat of the moment. He's with, slip I'm assuming, his buddies racing and slip of the tongue in the heat of the moment. He did it. And he gone. his career was done in an instant. Yep. Um, luckily for him, he did the right things. He came back and he's stronger than ever, you know, and maybe but because of a sensitive subject like that. We've talked about this on past episodes too. Did that, did that situation where he lost his his career in NASCAR at the time was there that cloud hanging over him still when Bubba Wallace attacked him in the infield? Guarantee there was because if he if Kyle Larson, I can promise you in that split second that that Bubba tackled him that. It popped into his mind. I'm not even going to swing back. I'm not going to push back because even though I didn't do anything wrong on the track, I'm not going to fight back because I'll lose my job again. Yeah. You know, it very well could have. I, I mean, know, I think that's got, that was going through his head when he's seen Bubba coming. Yeah. absolutely. What am I going to do? Right. Am I going to punch him? Cause then I could, I could look like a racist Yeah. because again, I'm defending myself. I've already made a mistake and said the wrong word. Now I'm going to, now, now it's going to be a hate a crime. Now it's, going to, now it's going to be a hate crime. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so there's there's the trickle-down effect from everything, all these decisions that are made. And the people of these days don't understand the difference between defending yourself and a hate crime. You right. know what I mean? Um, or most, I should say. And that's... That's a that's problem. Just, that is a problem. We have a lot of problems. And I don't see them getting fixed anytime soon. But no. hopefully for Noah. Not with the political parties that keep getting voted in. Yeah. I'll say it right here. You hit her first. Yep. It's, Let's uh, go, Brandon. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, oh. I'll be honest, that scares me, you know, with, with what we've seen in the past... I'll say 10 years, yeah, just to, to keep it safe. Years. Um you know, our political leadership in this country, both sides. I'm not saying just one side or the other, because they all have their... Well, I vote person, not party. Right. That's how right. I roll. And that's that's the way I've tried to teach my kids. I said, if you're going to get into that, listen to what each person is saying. And, and look at how they voted before, before they got to this point. Look at their past. Right. I'll, see, I'll be the... See, because that's going to really show you who they are, what they're about, and what their intentions are when they get to that office. Because... Every political person, when they're going for an office, like we'll we'll just use president, but that could go for mayor, governor, anything, yeah, Congress, anything. anything. When they want your vote, they're going to tell you exactly what they think you want to hear in that moment, and they're going to say it, to, just to get that vote. 
And then once they get in that office, they're going to do whatever they want to do. They don't care about what um, they were talking to you about or what what you need done. They're going to do what's best for them right. and their political party, but, and that's not how but, it should be. But you can look back, and our forefathers gave us two warnings. Be aware if your government tries to disarm you and never go to a two-party system. Yeah, that's what you we know? need is a third party. And, you know, to me, to me, there shouldn't even be a two-party system. You know, I no. mean, it, I think there should be, I don't, I don't, I don't, let's just cancel out parties. Yeah. Let's say person A and person B want to run for president. I mean, this is how screwed up our, our system is, is, you know, the, the job, the salary of the president is like 600000 a year. Something like that. Yeah, I think um, it's I think it's four now. But is it? I, I, I think, knew it's somewhere I think it's like that. 000. But how? You know how? And this doesn't go for Democrat or Republican. This goes for every president as long as I can remember. But how are these guys going out and spending forty? Let's say twenty to forty million dollars on a campaign to become president. I know a lot of them's donations and stuff like that. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to spend $20 million on a campaign to run for president. I'm going to spend $20 million on a job that pays $500,000 a year. Yeah. No. Don't make any sense. Not a bit. That's mm -hmm. like Amazon, you know, me turning in an application at Amazon or any other company and, and saying, I want to work here. And they say, well, we'll give you 30000 a year. But you gotta give us a hundred grand, yeah, to work here. Mm -hmm. We'll give you thirty thousand a year for two years, but you need to pay us a hundred grand to have this job. I mean, I, I would look at them and be, I'd probably smack them in the face for being so stupid, right. you know. And <laughs> walk out the door, and piss on the bush <laughs> as I'm walking out, <laughs> you know. But I mean, it's, it, I mean, what what kind of sense does that make? Mm -hmm. that, I mean, people like that aren't they don't have the best interest of the people. No. Whenever things like that are going on, and because it depends on which people you're talking about, right? Right, you but know. because you've got people making these donations for them to run for president. I mean, if I donate a million dollars, or I don't care if I donate ten dollars to this person, I'm going to come back for a favor when you get into office, and mm -hmm. it probably ain't going to be a good favor. I wouldn't have to right. ask for it or pay for it. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So. I mean, there's no blind eye. I mean, it's right out in front of the whole world, in front of the whole United States. It's right in front of our face that this is going on and nothing gets done about it. So, yeah. But how do you do something about it, you know? Right. I mean, I heard somebody say many years ago, I don't remember who said this, and they said it right there on TV. It was about, um, it was about politicians, and they said they should be just like race car drivers, they ought to have their sponsors patched right there on their jacket so we know who's in their pocket, you know, uh, for polit politicians. Is it big oil in, in your pocket? Is it a foreign country like China? Is it, you know, the techs? What, what is it? Is who's in your pocket and who's paying you to get there so that way we know who's going to be who you're looking in the best interest for when you get there. Yeah, who's um, made donations to you? Yeah. Not, not, I don't want company names. I want personal mm -hmm. names. Right. And... It's just, it's, I don't know, it, it's a crazy world, but 
right, so let's get into I hope to. I hope <laughs> my last word on this is I hope Noah does what he needs to do to get back because I mean you think about it, becoming a NASCAR driver is a lifelong skill. You have to work at that not just when you get out of high school like like most normal people, most average people. I'm an average Joe, you're an average Joe. We get out of high school, we either extend our education or we go straight into the workforce, right? And um, so that's where our career starts. But for like a NASCAR driver, your career starts when you're five years old in a go-kart. And you're working towards this goal your whole life. And if you're good, you move on. If you're not good, it ends there. Or it, st- it stalls out. But So these guys at this level, it don't matter if you're talking about Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch, or you're talking about a BJ McLeod or, you know, somebody somebody like that. I mean, they all have to hone these skills over the course of their life. So to just end that career over something silly, I think is a bit questionable, you know, because, I mean, they've invested their whole life into this. And to cut that just over something stupid, it's, it's just not right. No. I, I don't think. And But at least they do have a path to redemption. And that's that's the important thing. Kyle Larson did it. And look at him. He got in a better ride. Yeah. Um, and maybe Noah can do the same thing because his rookie season was obviously not what he pictured it to be. No, he um, he I only mean, had one highlight. The only thing... <laughs> What's that, at Chicago going into the tires about six times? No, it was him and Ross Chastain. Oh, him and Ross. <laughs> yeah, he was the fan favorite there at the at the right. All-Star race, right? But hopefully he can do what he needs to do, and he can, get, he can either get his ride back or he can maybe get something better. Who knows? Because, I mean, I think he's got a lot of talent. He's a young kid, and his career's just starting. So to cut it short for something stupid like that is just silly, yeah. in my opinion. Yeah, but, uh, way too far. Yeah. Well, we got deep on that one. Oh yeah, we did. Yeah, we got to... <laughs> um, so, what do you think about Michigan? Two day race. Well, you know, we started on Sunday. We got some rain. Here's my problem with Michigan. I work on Saturdays and Sundays, right? And I record it so that way when I come home from work, I can watch the race in its entirety, so I can give my full opinion and and cheer on whoever I want to cheer on. Everything went fine on Sunday, and then when I tried to record it on Monday. It didn't record, so I didn't get to see the second half of the race. Um, but I did see, unfortunately for you, I got to see Chase <laughs> Elliott blow a tire. Yeah, that was a I hard seen, hit uh, for, for old boy here. Yeah, I seen. It was kind of crazy because. That's what I get for wearing a dress. Yeah. <laughs> Kyle Busch ate the wall. Um, Early. Him and Ryan Blaney were going at it. And I didn't really see anything wrong there on Blaney's part. He no. didn't come up the track. He just held his ground. And I think Kyle Busch tried to push him down out of his groove, and it just didn't work out for Busch. But uh, Chris Bell wrecked himself, put himself in the wall. It was kind of crazy. I think it was just a it was just a tire issue all around for a lot of these guys, and a lot of these top teams that might have a little bit faster cars have a little bit more um, drivers that are willing to push their cars a little harder. Ended up paying for that just because of the tires. That's yeah. my opinion. I don't know if that's right or not, but that's, that's what I see. That's fair. I mean, it's but uh, I didn't get to see the second half, so I don't. I, I can't tell you what exciting. happened. I mean, I've seen the, the highlights. Yeah, same thing I did. Caught the highlights. Uh, I I picked Harvick and I was pulling for him, and he just he did all right. He just kind of you know Sunday when I was watching it, he stayed around twenty fourth or whatever, and was really pissing me off. Um, but 
but then the Sunday when I'm watching the highlights, I keep watching where his name's at, and it's he's kind of down, then he's up, then he's down, then he's up, and but he did all right. He got a top ten for me, so that's you know, all you got. I was for. hoping he'd get his win for him. You know, I'd like to see the old man go out with at least a win. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. Verdict still the jury's still out on that one. We yeah, don't it did. Sunday's Sunday slash Monday's race did not help me anymore with trying to become a Chase Elliott fan at all. No, you know it just did not. I mean, I, he didn't do nothing wrong. He blew, you know, he blew his right rear, and he ate the wall. But you know, I was thinking, you know, Chase does pretty good at that track. Mm-hmm. But you know, I was thinking his luck's got to turn around sometime this year. You does know, it? and well, you'd think so. I don't think it's going to. Well, it may not, but you would think so. You would think, yeah. But. You know, and I thought, well, I hadn't used him yet. I thought, it's a good time for it. I don't think a lot of people are using I'm going to buy into Chase Elliott this weekend, and boy, did that come back and kick me right in the balls. Yeah, it did. Early. I mean, I, and I just didn't. Yeah, once that happens, it's like, yeah. for me, I lose a lot of interest in the race because <laughs> I'm I'm mad, I'm pissed off, well, and but, I know HR is going to make you know, it. You know, I, I still enjoy watching the race, but you know how they put the driver positions over on the left side of the screen when you're watching it. It just pisses mm-hmm. you off every time you see it. You know, Elliott in 38th, Elliott in 37th, Elliott in 36th, you know, just... Yeah putting salt in the wound mm-hmm. so yeah they like to do that oh yeah so i mean i took a hard hit this week but do you that, think elliot's probably... gonna do you think elliot's gonna bounce back this year anytime i'm talking before or after the playoffs i mean we only got what three races before the playoffs start i mean i'll be i'll be honest it wouldn't surprise me to see him get a win this year i expect him to get a win but that's just because every year since his rookie year he's gotten a win you know i mean he yeah. he's He's a one of those guys you gotta He's reliable. Yeah. You know, and you just you can't you know, the statistics even say and I'm not a Chase Elliott fan, I'm not a Chevrolet fan. But the statistics tell you you can't rule him out. You mm-hmm. know, and that's what I'm I'm going off of when I say I expect him to get a win. I yeah. don't know if it'll be before or during the chase, but Well, he's coming up on his best opportunities. Yeah. Now we got Indy this weekend, which it's a road course. He could win that, but we've got a lot of people coming in for Indy that normally is more than there. willing to just move him out of the way to get that win. You know, and then we got Watkins Glen. I, I personally, I think that's his best chance at getting getting to the playoffs. Yeah. is winning at Watkins Glen, and that's I feel like that's where he can do it, um, unless he gets lucky at Daytona. Which face it, you got to get lucky at Daytona and tell yeah, 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 all thirty eight yeah. drivers have to. Yeah, and that and that's just a. It's just a pick them right there at those tracks, but I think he could. He might be able to do it at Watkins Glen. Me and me and Scotty were just talking about this just a couple of hours ago. Um, I guess Scotty picked Chase Elliott for this weekend at Indy, and uh, I told him I said I've just kind of stayed away from Chase because he don't he hasn't done anything. He's he just doesn't performing. seem he just doesn't seem like he's gonna do anything, you know. Um, and he he's going to get into this situation, and that's where he's. I think it's where he's at now. He's going to get in a situation where he has to push so hard to get this win that he's going. He's gonna hurt. He's going to slip up. He's going to miss a turn. He's going to put himself in a wall. He's going to hit pressure driver. Yes, the pressure is going to get to him, and he's going to overperform. I mean, he's performing like Rick Hendricks has a grandson that's going to come into the sport. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. 
for all you NASCAR fans, you might be able to read between the lines. Uh-huh. But uh, that's that's how he's performing. And he just, I don't know. I'm not going to say it. I think we talked about it last <laughs> week. But I just feel like he just, he's just a laid-back guy. He doesn't get excited about anything. So I feel like that's me reading into that is that he just, you he don't, don't, think he's he don't a, care. You don't think he's got a sense of urgency right now? I don't feel like he does. Even though I, I know that's wrong. I know he has a sense of urgency. He has to. Um, yeah, I don't think he can get as far But it's far not as showing. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. It's just not showing. But. We'll see. Yeah. Moving on, we're talking about Indy. Um, well, let's finish up Michigan before we jump ahead. Michigan, was it was a good race. I was glad to see Busher go back to back. I'm becoming a Busher fan. Yeah. I'm becoming a RFK fan. We got I'm gonna, number win number four for Ford. Yeah, we've we've got it on the big board there. My prediction was four wins for Ford. Yours was six, and Chris Busher just said, Psh, "Watch this." Yeah, right. hold my beer, fellas. Yeah, he just he just in two weeks just doubled Ford's win. Um, so now they're at four. I'm telling you, and and just like I said on one of the po- past episodes, when it's something RFK is doing with their cars. And we talked about how much of how much Brad Keselowski brought to the table when he joined Roush. And I'd mentioned on one of the previous episodes that it's not like the Hendricks cars, the Gibbs cars, or the Stuart Haas cars. You know, you might see two in the top 10 and two of them 11th to 20th, you know. But these RFK cars, when one's doing good or great the other one is too when one's doing bad or mediocre the other one is too these guys are staying and it and it proved again at michigan you know it it's you know busher wins brad gets third busher wins brad gets fifth brad gets fourth busher gets seventh yeah what did you know brad what I mean? get at michigan what he got like third or fourth or something yeah. like that didn't he yeah yeah so. and i mean it's whatever they're doing they're doing I'm, it together. Yeah, absolutely. And they're on and the I same like page. I yeah. like that. And and it also seems like and I don't again, this is my opinion. I don't know if this is right because I'm not in the garage, but it seems like Brad has a big say in how this uh thing's going and he is pushing Busher into the spotlight before himself. He's not being greedy and he's not taking the spotlight on him they're he's putting it on busher he says hey we've got the same thing you're 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 just as good a driver as i am we're going to go out here and we're going to we're going to see what happens you don't you know? let off for me and i'm not letting off for you right but we're, we're not going to take each other out doing stupid stuff but we're going to march to the front together if yeah. we've got problems we're going to work them out and we're going to get there and we're going to build this thing right and and, and i it's like working. that i like that yeah. you know that's I think RCR has the same opportunities right now with um, with Kyle and Austin to do the same thing, but they're just not doing it. If they are, they're not doing it like RFK is. And and I've never been a, a I've never cheered against Roush. I've never really pulled for Roush either. You know, he's just kind of one of them that's out there. And now I am looking at this team thinking man they're doing it they're doing it the right way in my mind they're doing it the right way 
Brad's not taking all the spotlight for himself and leaving his teammate hanging. He, it seems like he's actually pushing his teammate out there well, to say, look at this guy. He is good. Brad knows who the future face of RFK is. It, I mean, those guys behind, behind, the, behind the scenes in the garages and the engineering team and everything, they're the ones putting in a lot of work here. Now, so is Brad and Chris because they're out there driving these things, making them work. And, but Brad, I mean, it's, it's, it's just the way the world is. Brad doesn't have a whole lot of years left. Right. Chris does. Mm-hmm. So Brad is working with the same equipment Chris is, and Brad's not going to let Chris win. We know that. I mean, yeah. it's just not in him. He's a natural born driver. Mm-hmm. And, but Brad's very intelligent. You know, he, he's got an engineer's mind, kind of like Ryan Newman. He, he's an engineer. Um, but he's making it work because he wants RFK to stay on the map and they're probably the biggest name on the map right now. Right now they are. They've got it rolling, you know, two in a row. I mean, I think Penske and Stuart Haas and Wood Brothers and all these guys need to be hitting them up saying, Hey, can you, can you help us out a little bit? Tell what us are what? you doing? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm sure they're not going to, but, right. but you know, I mean, they've got something that the other four teams don't have. And that's Brad Kozlowski mm-hmm. because that's what, that's when you've seen the change happen. You know, Roush has been in NASCAR for decades. Right. And they used to be a power team and they've always been a good contributor to the sport. But when, when you look at, you know, last year was Brad's first year with RFK. Then him or Chris didn't have a great year. I mean, Chris had one win at, at Bristol. Brad didn't have any wins, but they didn't jump out into the spotlight or anything like that. But change takes time. And, right. and Brad, on year two, you see what happens, mm-hmm. you know. And that was the only addition they made to that team. Unless it was behind closed doors, you know, I mean, right. and, hot and new hires and stuff. But their first, as soon as Brad came on, their first Daytona, was it last year's Daytona, in the qualifying races and even in even in the 500, they were out front. But then it seemed after the race, it got ruled that they had some kind of something with their tires and, and they got a penalty, they got a heavy penalty. And then it just seemed like that knocked them down so far that they couldn't recover from that last year. But they've been making steady gains. Every It seems like every week, just a little bit here, a little bit there. I mean, they may go to a track where neither one of them does really good at, and they, they both kind of stink up the show, but you don't have that very often. And it's just a constant, steady steady gain to the top, and now they're reaping the rewards of all that hard work and all that uh, the homework and, you know, make an adjustment here, see how it, see how it, uh, see how it performs, and then we'll make adjustments after that. And... That's why I say I think they're doing it the right way. And like you said, it takes time. It takes a lot of time. Some teams, it I'm takes five or six years. I'm surprised it, they did it as fast as they did. Yes. And and like I said, they're doing it the right way. I appreciate that. I applaud that. Um, I've never really rooted for Brad. I've, I've only rooted against Brad one time, and that was when he had the uh, the whole incident with him and Carl Edwards. Yeah. Um, I was more of a Carl Edwards fan back then. But... Um, but to, just to They're see what, yeah, just to see what he, what he added to that team. I mean, Brad didn't come in with 
the mentality of I've, I'm a NASCAR champion. I'm going to go out here and drive this number six car, do my best to get in the winner's circle for you, Jack. You know. Yeah. He he brought intelligence. He brought... Um, he brought some Penske knowledge, too. Right. You know? But, you know, I'm, what, he brought some uh, experience to it, and mm-hmm. he wasn't selfish about it. Right. Obviously. You know. Yeah. So, I mean, that... But, you know, I mean, anytime you've got skin in the game, just like when Tony Stewart drove one of his own Stewart Haas cars, mm-hmm. you know, you, 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 you're you sitting up, you know, these guys retire, you know, they, they're they not living on yachts and everything else, you know, but, I mean, they've got to have some kind of income when they're done with their sport, and they've been in this sport since they were five years old. That's all they know. Right, so mm-hmm. they're going to make contributions to that sport the best they can and that's what brad's doing right now with rfk is his name's on that ownership now yeah. so he wants it to be successful right well i think he's doing a good job doing um, a great hopefully job. they keep going in the direction that they're going and if they do they're going to be an unbeatable team in the next probably next year next two years right it's gonna be tough to beat i mean they may even add a third car i mean last year it was Trackhouse doing this last right. year it was suarez and chastain up front all the time and winning races and mm-hmm. and along with what you just said just a minute ago the way brad came in and his mindset to it was we're gonna we're gonna put in the work and we're gonna we're gonna make this thing go to a higher level and i think that is because he's a champion he has that knowledge of on track and off track and they did it the right way kind of goes a totally different route than the way um, maybe a Jimmy Johnson buying into Petty. You know, he it seems like Jimmy just kind of kicked in the door and said, now I'm here, this is what we're going to do. And it's his way or the highway. Changed the name, changed everything, and they kind of went backwards. Right. Whether that has anything to do with Jimmy or not, I don't know. But, you know, Jimmy bought into Petty. They went backwards. Brad Kay gets into Roush, and they move forward, so... Something's going on there. I mean, right. somebody's doing it right, somebody's doing it wrong. So, and, we, and the results kind of show who's doing what. Right. So, Absolutely. Um. So let's look ahead to Indy here. What do you, What are you looking at when you foresee the Indy race? Because I've got. I think it's going to be a good one. Yeah, I do. I look forward to seeing it. Uh, <clears throat> I I look forward to any racing in Indiana. So. Yeah. Um, as far as do I appreciate the NDGP on the road course more than the Brickyard 400 on the oval? That's what I was going to say. What What's your take on that one? I mean, I, I just because nostalgia reasons. I'm a I'm a circle track guy. You know, mm-hmm. I want to see. You know, I've been to the Brickyard a few times. You know, and. Yeah, I mean, it's a big track. You're not going to see the whole thing. But just being there in that presence and seeing what you do see is pretty pretty awesome. Yeah. You know, I've never had a bad time up there. I've never been to the NDGP, the Brickyard 200. Right. I've never been to that. I um, wouldn't mind going, but it's not my bucket list race or anything like that. I would, I, I, if I could have it my way, I would say, you know, with Indianapolis being what Indianapolis is to racing, 
I would like to see them do each race every year. I'd like to see them do maybe the NDGP in the late spring or summer and the Brickyard 400 in the fall. You know, I would I would like to see that. Yeah, I'm kind of along the same ways because I'm the Indy the road course is it has been exciting. It's been um, turn one's real exciting. Oh, turn one's a, that's a doozy. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get them what what do they call them the turtles. Yeah, and turtles they'll they'll jump out and get you or they'll just go away altogether. You never know. Um, but it has been some pretty exciting racing. Um, but I am the kind of person. Because I'm old, I'm the kind of person that you don't fuck with tradition, and right. the brickyard is that's just tradition. Being on the oval, that's if you're going to Indy, you need to have a race there. If whether it's your only race or not, well, that's the schedule dictates that, and there's people that's getting paid money to to make those decisions. But I would, I'm just like you. I would like to see either either you go. You race the road course for a couple of years, and you go to the the oval for a couple of years. You know, kind of alternate it like that, or like you said, you you run the oval in the spring and the road course in the fall, or vice versa, whatever. And because Indianapolis is a big enough town, you can support two races. I mean, if you can support two races in Bristol, Tennessee, or Martinsville, Virginia, or Daytona, Phoenix. Florida, Talladega, Phoenix, yes, Indianapolis, Las Vegas, it is the world capital of auto racing you can support two nascar races oh, yeah. and even if you did one with just nascar and then you did a second one with maybe the in the f1 indy cars whatever they're called these days i don't know I, apparently there's a big difference i, yeah, I, I we we'll call it formula one because we don't follow it but even if you do like a double header with with them and nascar because then that allows because there's a lot of fans out there that are only Formula One fans. They don't know what NASCAR is about. And then there's a lot of people like me and you that are big NASCAR fans and don't follow Formula One. But it gets it gives the, the fans a chance to kind of see the other side of the debate. And, and it can bring the fan bases of those together. The ones that are not already together just because it's racing. But um, it, it gives the, the Formula One guys a chance to see these NASCAR guys and, and vice versa. Be a hell of an intermission. Oh, it would, you know. Yeah, absolutely. But um, I think that would that would be the route that I would take if I was at the top of NASCAR and making decisions. I would try to do something like that if possible because... Well, and you know, we talked about, you know, on one of the podcasts, it was around the Chicago street race episode. Um, we talked about if we felt it was successful or not, the Chicago street race and and all that talk we had... And I'd mentioned, you know, maybe take this, you know, I don't think we need more road courses or more street races, anything like that added to the circuit. But maybe take this Chicago theme, since it was successful in mm -hmm. both of our eyes, take it on tour, you know. And yeah. maybe next year do a street race in L.A., maybe... The year after that, do one in Indianapolis. Maybe after that, do San Diego. You know, do these do these different cities to where they can. There's going to be one street race a year, and we're going to different cities every year. That would be cool, right? And if you if you're going to keep a brickyard race, keep the 400. That's yeah. how I feel about it. Yeah, because we've got so many road courses now. Um, 
and I and I think if they were gonna maybe take that street race thing on tour, Indianapolis would be you know one of the stops mm-hmm. and focus it where it's not around the Brickyard 400. But I'm just that. Do you want to put it in the streets of Indy, or do you want to put it on back streets. in the no streets if we're gonna do street race let's do a street race okay just like I it like in chicago yeah let's shut the damn town down and every wherever they move it to that year that's what they do i like you know? that and i think it would give it would broaden the horizons for nascar and it would get fans in that town that year something to see because i mean i i would like to see a street race but let's be honest i'm not going to go to san francisco or something to watch one right but if I know in two years it's coming to Indy, I'm already going to have my tickets for it, you know what I mean? Or Louisville or, you know, something like that. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it'd be good. Yeah. And, and it will also, just like what they were trying to accomplish with Chicago and bring some new new fans into the sport, because leading up to that race, it seemed like all the people of Chicago, at least from what I heard on the news, and we just talked about news just a little while ago. You can't really believe everything I say. I say don't, but don't take me back to that first 30 minutes of this yeah. podcast. <laughs> I know, right? But, uh, you know, they said the people of Chicago were just pissed off about this race coming because it was going to shut down all these streets, and it was just going to make a, a, a headache for all these people. Yeah, and, and then you get to race day, and there's all these people there, and they're throwing the football. They're, they're, they're suffering raining. through the rain, you yeah. know? I mean, they're they're sliding through the mud and all this stuff. They're having a blast. So it turned out to not quite be everything that they said leading up to it as far as the bad stuff. You know, all the bad stuff that they were talking about, it it, it wasn't there, it was even though it was a, raining. It was more of a positive than a negative. Yeah, and, and I even seen the track when they were, like, qualifying. I'm thinking, man, there's some of these spots on this track that are just way too narrow, the turns are just way too sharp it seems like for these big heavy cars yeah and then and then you get to the race and all those things that i was like i don't know if that's going to work it made it more exciting yeah you know the puddling of the of the water or the the narrow parts of the track on the street the big the big tire banks that everybody just kept bouncing off of and, and noah gregson just kept getting stuck under it was just it made the racing more exciting so i agree with that i think if you can take it to la it, I'm now, even okay Dallas, doing with you know I mean do Dallas, San Antonio, L.A. San yeah, Francisco, just hit it in different place every year. Yeah, and know? that that would be that would be great for you know young fans. Yeah, and you you're know? and you're bringing new people all over the country. You're yeah. not trying to get people out in Seattle to watch this race in Atlanta. You know, you're going to bring it right there to their front door and say, "Watch this." Right, and you know, I mean, just like just like with the NFL, you know. These, uh, these, where, where they host the Super Bowl every year, people put bids in for those, you know, stadiums and owners and stuff mm-hmm. like that. They put bids in to have the Super Bowl in their city, and, and maybe it's even the city putting bids in, you know, Could because be. it brings so much to the city. It brings so much revenue and so much fan base. Put spotlight you know, on them. Right. Yeah. And maybe start doing something like that with, the one street race a year let yeah. let the boston let's go to boston you know let's go to jacksonville let's go to you know i mean there's so many opportunities there for nascar to to get to reap the rewards of it and the fans reap the rewards but there's a fine line in my mind there's a fine line if you overdo it you're going to kill it you know if you want to do that four times per year no, if, once one right. One that's year. what I'm saying. I think just like I, Super Bowl. I agree with you. I think one time a year is perfect. Yeah, 
it kind of it gives people something to look forward to it gives people something to talk about for a while and it doesn't burn out the people of this city of said city whatever wherever we're going it doesn't burn them out you know it's always a rotating different thing and you're you're bringing new people in but if you do it if you try to get greedy with it which a lot of businesses and a lot of of um things will will do that you know they see the money coming in they want to do it more they want to do it more to to bring in that more money i think if you do that with this with this idea i think it'll kill it you know if if you go to to all four corners of the map let's say you go to boston seattle la and i don't know somewhere down in florida jacksonville let's okay we'll say jacksonville if you do that every year it's just going to kind of kill it yeah absolutely the, the excitement for it will kill it so you got to keep it in moderation. That way, it always keeps the people wanting well, more. Right, and that's why it needs to be once a year. Is mm-hmm. not not because of the city. I mean, it's great for the city when it does come there. Yeah, but it needs to be about the sport, and it needs to be about the fans. Because when you go to a new city, you got a different route. This track ain't going to be like Chicago was. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? So it's it's it, always a fresh track. Exactly. So it, it adds that excitement. And, and challenge to the drivers. It, that's what I'm saying. Is it, yeah. it adds excitement to us fans, but it adds a, the challenge to the drivers. So mm-hmm. I, was gonna, I was working towards the uh, the learning curve for the drivers. Yeah. You know, so I, I think that would. But it has to be once a year. You can't do it twice. If you if you do it twice, I'm going to call you out immediately and say, "Oh shit, we're going to." Next year's gonna be six, you know, and yeah. we don't want that. That's right. not what we want to see and need to see. Yeah, it needs to be one street race a year, and take that shit on tour. Mm-hmm. Yeah, be like a rock concert. Yep. one time a year. I agree with that. It'd be awesome. It would. I would love to see that because I mean, then you get fans because like you and I, we go to, we try to go to numerous races a year. We've mm-hmm. got races. We've got tracks that we still haven't been to. We want to go to, and those are on our list to do in the future. But it also adds that that tag for me to say, because you know when I when I go to these racetracks, I I go myself because my better half she she's not into NASCAR like I am you know so it would give you know if it's going to be in Miami next year, I can plan my family vacation around that. I can tell her hey you and the kids go do this because on this one day of our week stay in Miami I'm going to be at the NASCAR race yeah we can we can you I think you'll have so many so much more of that of you know I'm, we're doing vacation in Phoenix next year because that's where the NASCAR race is we're going to see Phoenix mm-hmm. you me and the kids we're going to go but that one day you ain't getting dad you right. know what I'm saying? <laughs> Dad's gonna be. I'm gonna be at the track, <laughs> right? But she would be okay with it too, yeah. because she needs that time away from me, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing it for time away from her. I'd love if she went, but it's just not her thing. You yeah. know, it'd be like me going shopping with her. It's I'd go because I love her, but I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna enjoy it. Right. So <laughs> <laughs> you're gonna sit in that reclining chair that massages you in, right. in the middle of the mall. So it would be great for family aspects as well as, you know, I mean, give us a chance to go to a new city every year. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Be great. Think about that NASCAR. Yeah. So what do you think about this foreign invasion that's coming to Indianapolis this week? 
I don't know, man. It's I'm I'm okay with it. I mean, I think uh, it's going to make it pretty exciting. Yeah, I'm 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 very I, I will say I'm very eager to see what that number ninety one does this weekend. Yeah, I'm very eager to see what he does. No uh, SVG. Yeah, I, I was I was happy to see him do such a great job at Chicago, but. I don't think it's going to happen again. I don't think I don't think not no, this that lightning in a bottle is not going to happen twice. Just because, and like we said, I think we said this last week or two weeks ago. You know, Chicago, a lot of things, the planets <clears throat> aligned, the moons aligned, the stars were just shining just the right brightness for SVG to win this race. And it was new to all the drivers. It was new for everyone. Of them. All the other guys in this field have been on this Indy road course twice now. They know what to expect. They know how to take these turns. They know all this stuff. You know, it's it's becoming, I wouldn't say habit because it's only the third year, but they're familiar with it. The familiarity is there. SVG. I'd say he's probably practiced on it. I'd say he's practiced on it, but that simulator don't simulate racing. You know, it, that simulator is not going to simulate a pissed I'm off gonna, Ross Chastain. I'm going to, I'm going to bet he's probably practiced on it in a real car. Well, he could have. He's had, I mean, he ain't had shit to do since Chicago. Well, not that we know of. <laughs> <laughs> he's been sitting around thinking about. Uh, I mean, Trackhouse could have said, "Hey, we just sent a car to Indianapolis. Yeah, go practice he, for the next six weeks." I have. Uh, read that svg is going to be full-time nascar next year i've, I've heard that too um, that's going to be interesting too because i want to see what he does at bristol you know yeah. talladega <laughs> yeah let's go to both ends of the spectrum uh-huh we, we know what you can do on a road course above let's see what you can do at bristol or martinsville or someplace yeah. like that where you're just you're you're i hate to say it because svg is obviously a talented guy but he's going to get punted well, into the wall pretty early just because of his lack of knowledge of those kinds of tracks um but with this road course at Indy, I think it's going to be a little bit more of an eye-opener for him. Um, you know, obviously, the car is not, because these cars in NASCAR now is basically identical to what they've been racing down in Australia in these um, air, V8 air, supercars. Yeah, on road courses, aero don't matter. Right. So, And, uh, and I think that's what's going to make it interesting, because not only do we have SVG, we've got this, um, what's his name, is his... Braseki, yeah, and we've got a guy from Japan, Kobayashi. He's going to be driving for twenty three eleven. Braseki is going to be, if I'm saying that right, and I apologize if I'm not, but he is from the same exact series as SVG. He's going to be driving for RCR. You got Button. You've got Button. You've got a guy. Um, what was the guy's name that's taken over for Gregson this week? Uh, there's like a Rockenfeller or something. Yeah, Rockenfeller. Like that. Is, is that his it, name? Yeah. So he's coming in. You've got a guy named Andy Lally, who we've seen his name before in NASCAR, but he's kind of he's kind of like the modern day Boris said. He's just a they're basically. I mean, it's almost like twenty five percent new or out of NASCAR series drivers coming into this race. Yeah, almost twenty five percent. So that's gonna be that's gonna be something to see. Now let me ask you this. Okay. What if SVG does come out and go two for two? If he wins this, this, then we know Chicago wasn't a fluke. Because like I said, the planets had to align at Chicago. You know, he had, they cut the race short, mm -hmm. um, which helped him as far as pit strategy, helped him stay up front. Um, Because I I was a fan 
after Chicago. I was a SVG fan. I'm I was not, impressed. Yeah, that's what I mean. I'm not out there, you know, wearing an SVG shirt and shit like that, you know. But I was impressed by him. Mm-hmm. Um, I was uh, impressed by his comfort level in the car because even even when they show guys like a Harvick or a Bush or or Logano that's been doing this in this series for so many years, they still have a little bit of of um, I don't know. They're moving around in that car. You know, their their eyes are going this and way, and they're and they're well. These you can see a little bit of anxiety there, right? But you know these these guys that have been in NASCAR for I'm going to say more than ten years now. They're uncomfortable with the amount of road courses that's on this circuit now, mm-hmm. because when they started driving, they didn't get in. They didn't go into NASCAR to be road course drivers they didn't go right. in a nascar to be formula one or indycar or you know whatever you call them races overseas mm-hmm. you know they didn't get into those series because they like circle track stock car racing mm-hmm. you know and now it's kind of been crammed down their throat you know and they're not i don't think they're okay with it I mean, they're going to do what they have to do because they've got contracts to fulfill, and they love they want to NASCAR, yeah. right? But you know, I think more of the younger generation is okay with it. Your Chase Elliotts, your Ross Chastains, your Suarez, your Graysons, your you know those guys. But I think right there at that Kevin Harvick line, that uh, maybe Brad Keselowski line, some somewhere right in there, those guys wasn't i don't think they were too okay with it you know right it's they're not big fans right and then yeah <laughs> can't blame them right but you know it's uh it, like i said i just feel like it's being forced down the throat so they're i don't feel like they're going out there with the most ambition yeah. when, when that race starts i mean they're gonna go out there and do their laps and do the best they can but i don't think they're gonna go out there and perform like it's bristol or Something like that, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, if SVG comes out and he wins this race, <clears throat> I will be very impressed, you know. And I think I think I'm not going to be the only one that that is. He's he's obviously proved that he deserves to be there. But how many road courses do we do a year? Like what seven? Like seven. Something like that. So seven races out of the year, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with. But of the other. We've got 36 races a year, seven road courses. That puts us at 29. That's not road courses. What's he going to do there? He's going to struggle. Right. And but he, he knows only, that. He, but he's got seven chances to get into that chase and win a championship. Right. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> that's true. I mean, all it takes is one yeah. to get in there. So. And then you've got a roval. you got a roval in that playoffs. So you gotta you got to survive a couple of rounds. Then you have to win the Roval to basically move on, unless you're good in points. But it's going to be tough for him. I yeah, mean, I, it will be if he comes out and win this. I don't want him. If he comes out and wins he, this, he needs to be in NASCAR next year. He needs to be in NASCAR, but I would like to see him. I think he needs to run needs some to, other track before. Well, he he's already be, made the decision, but he needs to run another track yeah. just to get that experience. Yeah, I'd like to see his name on the entry list for some of them other races. Yeah, I'd like to be sitting in Bristol when he when he goes uh, goes around the track there just to see what he does. You know, um, I'd like to see him. 
his face at the driver introductions at Bristol. That's a different thing right there because, yeah. I mean, they, they call it the last great Coliseum for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, the the atmosphere, I, I couldn't imagine being one of them drivers and getting that, well, one of the 37 that get pretty good homecomings at Bristol. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, to walk out on that stage in front of all the fans and everything, I mean, that would be, that'd be something you'd remember forever, you know. Yeah. So... Mm-hmm. I'd like to see him enjoy something like that to see how how much the NASCAR means to the fans. Right. You know. Yeah. I guess that's the best way I can put it. And and I think it'd be interesting to watch him grow as a driver to to run some of these tracks, run in a Daytona or in Atlanta or Bristol. Um, think about what he could do for his teammates oh, depending yeah. if he you know like if he went to a four car team you know like gibbs or stewart or hendrix or you know you imagine about, what he could do to uh think about this put, put a four car team with uh or even a three car team with rfk you know what they're doing on circle tracks right now and somebody like him that could help on if i'm if i'm justin marks right now I'm working on putting a third car out there for next year for him. Just because, and like you said, to your point. But he hasn't said what team he's going to yet. No. No, he just said he's going full-time NASCAR. He hasn't signed with a team yet, which is going to be interesting. But like you said, what what can he do for um, Trackhouse? I mean, Trackhouse already has two pretty good road course drivers with Suarez and and, uh, Chastain. They're pretty good. They're not at the top of the list, but they're pretty good. Yeah, they're top you, tens. Anytime you go to a road course, you have to factor them in as, as a possible yeah. winner. He's going to strengthen that. He's going to make them better on road courses, but, and that would be dangerous. But at the same time, they're going to make him better on these ovals. They, but are they? Well, but I, that's think, why I think Chastain will. That's that's where I kind of what I was going to head into was how much he could help these teams with their road course abilities. But he needs to go to a team, More, I think more importantly, he needs to go to a team that could help him with his circle track racing abilities because you've got 29 and 7. You know what I'm saying? I've right. got time to teach you some road course shit. I yeah. don't have time to teach you some circle track shit. You know what right. I'm saying? Because we've got 29 of them. Yeah. So I think it's more important that if I'm SVG, obviously I want to go to a to a well-reputable team, uh, one of the bigger names in NASCAR. And I'm going to look at my options, but I'm going to say I probably, you know, and I'm not saying this because I'm a Ford guy, but I would lean towards Penske because I got Joe. I, I'm not a Joe Lugano fan at all. Everybody knows that. Right. I really don't like the dude. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> I mean, I respect him. Yeah, I do. I respect the hell out of him. But I'm not a fan. Mm-hmm. I'm a big Ryan Blaney fan. Mm-hmm. And then you got Austin Cendrick over there as well. I'm going to take and say, hey, if Penske's willing to put a fourth car out there, I'm open to it because I've got Joey and Ryan here to teach me these super speedways and these Bristols and Martinsvilles. And you know what I'm saying? That's that's what I'm going to care more about. I want, I want to go out there and be successful. Yeah. I think if I'm Tony Stewart, I'm really leaning on Eric Almirola's decision because if Almirola retires, and I, 
my opinion, I think he's going to retire after this year. We kind of seen Truex coming back. We talked about that last week or a couple weeks ago. You know, with the season that he's having, he wants to come back because now it's fun. Last year wasn't fun, but this year is fun. He's a favorite to win the championship, so he's going to come back. But Eric Almirola is not in that same boat. Um, so if if Almirola decides to head off in the sunset, if I'm Tony Stewart, I'm I'm making a quick grab at SVG just because. You know, you got Harvick in that back pocket who is now retired. He is going to be able to spend some time with SVG and teach him some of these some of these things that he needs to get better. And um, and I think that would be a big. And then SVG, while he's there, he can also teach the Ryan Priest and the Chase Briscoe, and the Josh Berry, how to road course race, street race, and and become better as a team, you know. And Tony can even teach SVG. Right, that's exactly you know, that's, what I was going to say. You you know, get let's not teacher. forget about the old man there in the rocking chair that can teach you a lot of stuff, probably one of the best to ever wheel a race car. Right, he's probably know? forgot more than most Yeah, he's know. forgotten most, that more than most <laughs> of these guys out there doing it now. No, and uh, and so I think it would it would just lift the team a lot better. So, well, And, and, you and know, I think I, that's how it's going to go. That's yeah. my opinion. I think Almirola is going to retire. I'm a Stewart fan. You know that. I mean, mm-hmm. everybody knows that. Anybody knows. I. I mean, I've even got my Tony Stewart tattoo. You know. <laughs> Nobody sees it, but. Uh, <laughs> is that the one that I've heard about? Is your tramp stamp? No, it's that's a different on one? the other side. Oh, okay. But uh, it's. Uh, I I would love to see him join. Stewart, you know, over at Stewart Hoss. I would, but I also feel like. If I'm I'm putting myself in SVG's shoes and saying, if I'm going to go to a team, who would be the best team for me to go to? And this is not only for my ability to teach them how to road course race better, but who could teach me how to do what they do every day better. Yeah. And I would, with the talent, I mean, I'm tried and true Stuart Hoss. But with the talent, I'd go Pinsky. Yeah. Just right out of the gate. Well, I would probably either. even, if I was Roger, if I was the old man, I would probably even boot Cindric out of a car to put SVG in one. Yeah. I mean, if, if Cindric don't start performing, I think he could be in the same shoes as Cole Custer. Right. You know, let's bump him down, get him some more experience, and then rebuild. Yeah. You know. Um but who is who do you think if Almirola does retire, who's going to fill that seat? Do you think it could be somebody like an SVG, or do you think they're going to bring up a Cole Custer again? I don't think they'll bring Cole back yet, because um, he's doing pretty he, good. He, I mean, he's he's racing in the Xfinity Series, but he's also racing in the Winst in the uh, Monster Series too. He's yeah. filling that fifty-one car or something. Yeah, um, some races for Rick Ware, like uh, what is it Newman and some other guys are. Yeah, but I don't see. I don't see Custer being, I don't see Tony and Gene ready to put Cole back in one of their main cars yet. I think if SVG slips away, I think Cole might be back. If I was, if, if I was, if I was Tony and I had the opportunity with what's available right now, I would probably try 
if if SVG didn't work out, I would probably try. And I don't know when the contract ends or anything like that, but I would probably try to get Harrison Burton from the Wood Brothers to come over to Stewart Hoss. Harrison Burton, he's doing pretty good. He's well, I mean, he's the Wood Brothers aren't one of the bigger financial teams out there, right? You know, but Harrison Burton has hasn't performed bad. But he hasn't performed good either, you know. Right, but uh, that could he's be. He's a with... one car team, right. and he's performing better than most of the other one car teams. And he performed really well in the Xfinity series before he moved up. Mm-hmm. And I think you get him into a team with more around him, like Stuart Haas is. You 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 get a little bit more guidance on him. I think he he'd turn out to be a hell of a driver yeah plus he's got an uncle named ward yeah and and if you if you're out there listening you've never heard ward button talk yeah that's i like ward how he ta- oh ward button he, he he's very uh i could sit and listen to ward button talk all day yeah his name is ward burton but that's just how he talks oh, ward button i don't i don't <laughs> i've never heard anybody talk like that no matter where you're from in the country that's only him and his brother talks nothing like him, you know. Right. Obviously, dad named Jeff Burton, and you know. But that but... That, that was kind of where I was going. Was Harrison's got that family? You know. I just wanted to give a Ward Burton shout out. Oh, absolutely, know? Ward Burton's awesome. Ward Burton, Hall of Fame. He should be if he's not already. Uh, but you know, I I think Harrison would be a good young attribute to the Stewart Hall's family. Yeah, if. Tony, like I said, I know contracts overlap and shit, but yeah, there's a lot of behind the curtain shit going on. But have you have you called Tony about that and told him yet? He's been busy with his. Yeah, I left him a voicemail the other day. He's been busy with his, uh, you know, NHRA stuff and yeah, uh, top fuel shit. And I mean, I get it. You know, he's got other ventures. Yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd hate to see a good SVG or somebody like that slip away, though. You know, right? But I mean, you know, like. <clears throat> The last time he did call me, you know, he's just shooting the shit and everything like that. But I, I try to put a bug in his ear every once in a while. Yeah. He usually listens to me. So well, that's that's good. Yeah. I, mean, I, mean, I figured he would. He's pretty level-headed. Right. I mean, he, he, he knows, he likes to know what I know. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, that's why him and I have such a good He wants to know the inside scoop. Right. Okay, I got right. you. I got you. I mean, he, he, he trusts my opinion and values it. Yeah. As he should. Well, yeah. You know, I, it's that. it's a two way street. It's it's like that with me and him. Yeah. You know, last time we hung out was at Bass Pro Shop. Right. And, you know, that was a pretty good day. I I remember hearing that we, story. We had a good time. Yeah. So. Um. What do you What do you think? How do you think these foreign guys are going to do it at, as a whole? I'm not just talking about just SVG, but like as you'll a whole. You'll see. You'll see one of them in the top ten. That'll be it. Do you know? Do you have a? Do you think you know which one it is? Yeah, it'll be SVG. You think so? Yeah. I'm kind of interested to see what this Kobayashi guy. I haven't had a chance to look him up. I wanted to look him up and see some highlights of this guy just to see how he races. Um. But I haven't had a chance to, because you know, I mean, I'm assuming. I hate to assume anything, but I'm assuming the guy is from Japan. His name's Kobayashi, but, and he's driving a Toyota. Isn't he the guy that eats all the hot dogs. No, it's a different Kobayashi. Okay. 
Um, at least I think it's a different Kobayashi. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see how he does because I don't know. And I mean, I know Brasecki is from the same series as SVG. I don't know if Kobayashi is or not. He may be, maybe not. I have, Like I said, I haven't had a chance to dig into this guy and, and do a lot of homework on him. But I'm kind of curious to see what he's going to do and how he's going to to drive um just because it seems like everything they do in japan is a little bit crazier than what we do over here like game shows a game oh, show right. in america is is you know it's, it's it is what it is but then you get a game show in japan it's like totally crazy right, they chop hands off and shit. yeah i mean they're 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 yeah they're doing all kinds of weird stuff so is the racing the same way you know we have what we know of is racing in japan do they do it like a whole well, crazy way or does he race in australia too i don't know that right, but i think that's that's when you said where you think how you think they're going to turn out and i said one will probably finish in the top 10 being svg because mm-hmm. he has impressed me a little bit yeah but the one thing you can't teach with practice time and simulators and everything else is when these NASCAR drivers get on these road courses and start hitting through these turns and bends and everything else, you can't teach the culture of that situation because right. these NASCAR drivers have dro- driven together for so many years. There's a level of this is okay to do and this is not okay to do. You know, you can, you know, there's going to be some beating and banging. Right. They, they, everybody knows that. But there is a level of respect and tradition that you cannot teach, but they will teach you in that moment, Mm -hmm. you know? (laughs) So that's why I think there'll be one, one of the seven finishing the top 10. I'm going to make a bold prediction and say, I think you're right. There will be one to finish in the top 10. But I don't think it's going to be SVG. It'll be one of the other ones. I don't know which one. Um, just going out on a limb, you know. And that's what I think. <clears throat> it would not surprise me if it's SVG. It would not surprise me if SVG wins this thing. But I think that everybody's talking about one foreign driver because the planets aligned one time for him. And and we're gonna need to see this second race to see was it a fluke or was it not? And I think that turn one on these restarts are going to be a teaching tool for some of these guys. You know, is Kobayashi gonna bonsai into turn one? I don't know. He might. He might Ross Chastain that thing and just just go through there and bowl him over and see what happens on the out on the other side of this turn. I don't know. I, you know, I don't know his racing style. I don't know any of them. So. That's what I'm looking forward to as far as Indy. What what are these foreign guys going to bring to the table, and what are they going to do differently than our guys do? So. I mean, they're they're quick on them pedals. They are quick on the pedals. You know, um, so, but it's a it's a different animal. Right. You know, so. And a lot of a lot of people that I've talked to say these Australian supercars are something to watch, and the cars are basically the same as a NASCAR right now, and so and that's why a lot of these guys are coming over, but. Um, the car may be the same, but the drivers are totally different. Right. And even even in the NASCAR world, you got a lot of guys that have a lot of different uh, different takes on how things should be and how they're going to be, 
and like you said, you know, there's a lot of a lot of respect and a lot of mannerisms on the track. Those seem to be going away. Is that going to help or hurt the foreign guys? I don't know. You know, we'll know on Monday. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, <laughs> last time I looked, I just looked a few hours ago. It's like a ten percent chance of rain on Sunday. Yeah. So Mondays, it's going to rain, but uh, Sunday maybe not. So. It'll be interesting to see, but that's what I'm looking forward to. I, I would I would say I would like to see them do well. I would. Mm-hmm. I don't want to see anybody come into the sport and have a bad experience. You know, I'd like to see everybody do a great Sunday, but yeah. they don't. That's not how the sport works. Right. So, I mean, people people are going to get turned around. People are going to get dumped and spun. People are going to get pissed. People are going to get mad. And people may fight. Right. And all those things pile up mm-hmm. to win this race. So, I mean, you can go out there and lead 199 laps. You might get dumped on the last one. Could happen. You know what I mean? It, 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 you can't, you can't predict it. You know, it's just like any race right now. Right. Just can't predict them with the cars being so equal, and you got seven out of NASCAR drivers coming in. I mean, you've got you got a lot of variables piling mm-hmm. up this weekend. So yeah. it's going to be interesting. I mean, I, I think this is going to be the most interesting indie race that and with like Kobayashi, you know, does he speak English? Are they getting a Japanese crew chief? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of things that could go into him winning or him not winning. Right. And you know, you got to consider all those things. He may I be, never even thought about he, that. He may be a hell of a driver, but he can't speak very good English. And when you're talking to the crew chief with Rick Ware Racing, you know, I'm just throwing out a team there. You mm-hmm. know, they, they've probably already got a crew chief ready. Did they bring one in from Japan to work with Kobayashi, or did they... How's this going to play out? You know what I mean? So, I mean, right. you know, you you may have to form a whole team around bringing this driver in. Yeah. For or maybe not. <laughs> maybe, maybe he can speak English. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, and he may not know, he may not know the terms, you know, that, that... The lingo. The lingo that we commonly use over here. He may not know it. Uh, so, yeah, that all that is just adding up to be an interesting race. Right. And, and like I said, I think this is going to be... the for me, it's one of the most. I'm looking forward to this Indy race more than probably any other Indianapolis race for a long time. Not ever, but for a long time, just because of all the unknown variables. You know, so yeah. it'll be interesting. It's definitely going to be one to watch. So yeah. yeah, racing in Indiana never lets you down. Oh, it's always exciting, no matter where you're at. Now, is his um, first name Kobe and his last name Ashi? No, okay. his last or name is, is Kobe Ashi. I, th- <laughs> I just thought it was weird for maybe a Japanese person to have the name Kobe. No. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, let me see. I had his name. I'm going to look this up real quick. It's spelled, I don't know how to say it. It's spelled his first name, K-A-M-U-I. Kamu, Kamui, I'm not sure, Kamui Kobayashi, right on, something like that, that's my best, 
attempt at we'll his just name. Call him Kobe. Yeah, we'll just call him Kobe. All right. So. So you got know. a Kobe driving for Michael. Michael Waltrip. No, Michael Jordan. Jordan. Oh, he's the twenty-three. Yeah, he's the twenty-three XI guy. Oh. Basecki is driving for RCR. And what SVG about Rockefeller? He's driving for Grace Nanny. Yeah, he's the yeah. substitute for Grace. Legacy. And then I think you got Button. And it wouldn't surprise me to see Eric Jones and Rockefeller up in the top ten. No, I mean, wouldn't surprise, wouldn't surprise me, at me at all. But we'll see. Yeah. And let's see. I had Bubble on the list to talk about uh, the drivers on the bubble, but it, it'll be interesting just because all the drivers on the bubble, right below that cut line, is all pretty good or decent at a road course. I think you got Michael McDowell. Suarez, Almondinger, Elliott, um, that's a big one. He's definitely one to watch these next couple of weeks. So that's that's also another thing that's going to make this race so interesting. You know, you got some of these guys that need a wire. win or they need these extra points, whether they're playoff points, you know, uh, um, stage points, or if it's winning the race, just to to lock them in or or get them on the positive side of that cut line, you know, um, all those things. It's just the perfect storm is brewing for this race. Yep. And it's not even the cutoff race. We no. still got two more after it. Yep. Two good ones. Yeah. So two exciting ones. Yeah. But, uh, it's going to be, I mean, nobody can, I mean, unless you've got a win, nobody can feel safe right now. Period. Right. So, I mean, it's going to be, Really interesting to see who stays out, who stays out around these stage pits, uh, just to get stage points, you know, and things like that. I mean, there's going to be so much strategy that goes into these next three races that it's going to be insane. Mm -hmm. Which is going to be good, yeah. Uh, Especially, I mean, Daytona's a. If the points stay this close, Daytona's going to be one hell of a race. Yeah. You know? And I think they will stay close. The only thing is, my biggest thing with drivers outside of the NASCAR circuit coming in is, what if one of what if a different one than this? What if Rock and Filler wins this race? Then there's another one in the chase. You know what I'm saying? Not a full time driver. You yeah. know that's got chase eligibility. I don't like that. Yeah. You know it's a well. He won't have chase eligibility. Team will. You know how it works? I don't think so. Well, I mean, SVG does not have playoff eligibility. Um, now, but he wasn't substituting for another driver. But so like Rockefeller, know. you know, driving for Grayson, does that put well, legacy in? Then that's when we go no because. The rules are you have to run every race or get a waiver for the races that you missed to make the playoffs. Um, that's why Chase Elliott and Alex Bowman both had to get waivers when they got hurt or they were, you know, suspended for a race. They had to get a waiver, you know, basically an excuse to say, hey, this happened, this happened. So, But uh, NASCAR says, okay, that's all right. You get your waiver, you can still qualify. You can still run it if you qualify. So, you know, we get into that whole thing. And that's going to be the waiver topic. I was thinking about this last week. We're going to deep dive into this waiver topic, I think, probably after the season's over. 
you know, it's going to be one of those topics that we can just spend some time and dig and talk about and research. Yes, bounce some ideas around and and, and really give our opinions on it because but, I don't like the current but labor system. Even if even with it being that way for the, you're you're still taking a win from a full time NASCAR right. driver. You know, that's I see what you're saying as far right. as that goes. You yes. know, so it's you know, I mean, if you're good enough to be up there, you should be able to get in on points anyway. I guess. Yeah. But with the kind of racing we have coming up pre-chase nothing is guaranteed no you know and it's gonna get interesting like i said the perfect storm is coming up but uh let's talk about fantasy you want to yeah fantasy standings let's get on it we've been long-winded for a little while but uh so last week there's one there's one thing that i want to talk about and i don't know if i'm gonna let you say it or if i'm go gonna ahead, say it go ahead. <laughs> but you can see on the big board there the ones that uh, the people in the fantasy standings that moved up a spot are in green and the ones that moved down a spot are in red right so they're they're easy to to find there's one of them there that i hate to say this i really hate to say this but one of them fell five spots yep and uh I hate to be the one. Uh, oh gosh. She already knows. Okay. Yeah. I know she knows, but <laughs> I just didn't want to bring it up on here. Yeah. Yeah. Mom, mom, mom took a hard hit this she week. She took Guess a hell of a hit. So did I. Yeah. But, I mean, she had Byron. I had Elliot. You know, Hendricks just really shit the bed for us both. They did. Weekend. I mean, you fell three. She I fell was, five. I fell the second worst. You know. Um, we got Jason H., Jerry, and Shannon also fell a couple spots each, but. Uh, but you know what? I fell from third to sixth, and mom fell from sixth to eleventh. Her and I can both recover from this. Oh yeah. You know, so I mean, I'm not too worried about it. It's it's hard to swallow when you when you you have a driver that does that to you. And it re- it really pisses me off just because it takes so long to get up to where you're at because you only move up one or two spots oh, at takes, a time. It takes six or seven races to get up there. I mean, it only takes one to fall right way back down. Mama Lou was down there, she like we said, she was down there in twenty third, twenty fourth spot, and she was up to sixth. So she and it she took was up her. To third. She was, wasn't yeah, she? Yeah, she got up to third. So she got up to third, and it took her most of the season to do that. I mean, it was an impressive run. I, it was impressive. Yeah. But it only took one race to fall that many spots. So that's the crazy thing. And, and the points are so close. That's why one bad race hurts so mm-hmm. bad. You know, and basically, like the only person that could is the top two right now, Joe and Josh. They could almost afford to have a bad race and still stay in the top three. Yeah. And, but that's not even a guarantee. You know, I mean, it's uh, just depends on how fourth, fifth, and sixth did. So, right. And it all depends on what your driver is going to do on Sunday. You know, I mean, you get some of the best drivers out there. Like you had Chase Elliott, and look yeah. what he did. Yeah. You know? He he's got a pretty good record at. Michigan, you yeah. know, and it just takes, it wasn't even nothing crew related or driver related. It was, he blew his back right tire early in the race, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't even time for a pit yet, you know. And, totally out of his control. Right. I mean, just sometimes it's just, it's not your day, you know. Yeah. Well, there's a few picks. Now we've got the picks in and if, you know, like I said, we're recording this on Friday. It's a little bit late and I know some people are looking at that website, want to know what the picks are. Because HR, he's 
he hounded me already a little bit wanting to know these pigs. Well, Belgian badass. I didn't know him at the time. Belgian badass has been on me about, you know, and he's all the way over in Belgium. Yeah. You know, and he's wanting to know put who, up. who's picking what. Put them up. Yeah. Um, but there is a couple of picks on here that I'm looking through these picks now that we know what they are and who's picked who. I have a bit of a question about. Number one, my first question is Hunter. Now, Hunter has been, we've talked about Hunter on this thing so many times because he has a sports almanac at home. He has to. Um, well, I think he might have lost it a few weeks ago. <laughs> it's buried way under the bed. You know? <laughs> but uh, something happened with the sports almanac because he has picked, he picked Bubba this week. Yep. And I don't think Bubba's a very good road course driver, is he? Mm-mm. That I know of. I wouldn't say he's in my top ten. No. So, so it kind of surprised me when Hunter picked that. But, but hey. I think it's strategy. I there's think been. A, I think it's strategy. I yeah. think he's holding on to some. You know, he's in fifth spot right now. He's not hurting. So I think he kind of went with middle of the pack to save a pick for Even later if he on. drops a spot or two, it's right. not going to hurt because we're getting on playoff time and the points reset. I don't think um, he did it for talent reasons i think he did it for strategy yeah well i can see that it's just if i i know hunter like i do i feel like that's what happened it could be um i mean i think i don't know let's see another we got one two three three people went with the svg that's going to be interesting um and the leader joe is one of those I'd like to see SVG get a 38, honestly. <laughs> it wouldn't hurt my feelings well, at all. We're, we're going to need that to catch Joe. Uh, I'm pretty sure Josh in second place is saying that well, same I mean, thing that you are. Josh and I took the same driver. Uh, quite yeah. a few. I, I, I won't say a lot of people, but probably more than. That's probably the most common pick on there is Almondinger. Yeah. Um, about six of them. That's... But, you know, I like. Uh, I like mom's bravery on this, Lou. You know, I like her bravery. She's the only one that took Kyle Busch. He don't do bad. He don't. And but but I like that pick because that tells me that mom's saying, "Hey, I'm not just going to ride it out here in eleventh. I'm going to do some. I'm going with. I'm going to do something different. And I'm either going to sink or I'm going to go back up. She's going to make a run at it again, ain't yeah. she? Yeah. Because I mean, it, and those those kind of picks can can really go either way. You know. I mean, oh, yeah. Kyle very rarely has two bad races back-to-back. So I see with, I mean, he got 38th last week. Chances are he's not going to have a bad race this week if you go off Kyle Busch statistically. He does not usually have two bad races right. back-to-back unless he's going to lose his seat. Because <laughs> he, had, he had quite a few back-to-back last year for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that was a little fishy, wasn't it? Yeah, so. <laughs> a couple of blown in. But I, I do like that number eight pick. Um you know, we've seen a handful of Cendric picks, and I like that too. I debated Cendric. He was one of the one of the few that I debated. I debated. I debated on SVG, but it's too much unknown. I went with Busher myself, um, just because I'm not looking for three wins in a row, and I don't think that he's going to win three wins in a row because that's just something. Three in a row is crazy. Nobody thought he'd win two in a row either. Right. I mean, two in a row is crazy. At this point, in this level of the game and the cars the way they are, to see Harvick go back-to-back last year, to see Busher at the same two exact tracks go right back-to-back, it's 
it's impressive, and it don't happen very often. And I don't, I really don't see him winning three in a row. But I went with him just because he's consistent on the road courses. And he's got good equipment right now. He's got that. good equipment, and he's got momentum. Momentum is it's a big deal. It's a mindset, you know. And he's but got he it right now. What he don't have is that monkey on his back saying. Got to win to get in. Got to win to get in. Right. So I mean, if if he says, "Hey, I'm going to lay back and let these guys I'm just finish the race," right, that kind of worries me a little bit. Right. But maybe he says, "I'm already in. Let's chance it." Where, and he punches it and and see what happens. He's going for playoff points. H.R. Scotty up there in third spot right now took the Chase Elliott number nine. I think that's a mistake. It could be, but but it's a complete opposite scenario. As Busher. So I like it that you and Scott got two complete opposite <laughs> scenarios here where Busher don't have that monkey on his back. Mm-hmm. Chase Elliott does. Let's well, see who let's see who uh works out better here. I'm gonna tell you, um me and Scott text quite a bit, you know. Um and he was texting me earlier today because like I said, the the, the picks wasn't up on the website and he was asking me who I picked and we do, we do this every week. We talk about our picks, and we, we talk a little shit to each other. Um, <clears throat> he told me that... Uh, I told him I was picking Chris Buescher. He told me he's picking Chase Elliott. And I told him, I said... Or he said something about... Or he told me I was a little bit late on the Busher train. I said, well, it's all right. I'm not worried about getting a win. I'm just wanting to get a good solid top five, top ten. I'm good with that. I'm not looking for a winner right now. I'm just wanting to maintain my spot. Win be great, but if I get a top five, top ten, I'll take it. The win is a bonus. And uh, so I told him, I said, I'm staying away from Elliot. I said, he hasn't done anything all year. I said, I debated on picking one of the foreign guys, but went with a safer bet of Busher. And then he said, last time he picked Elliot, he finished third. And uh, and he's gonna and he went with Elliot because yeah, <laughs> he went with Elliot because he needs the win. You know he's he's banking on Elliot getting aggressive and getting the win. So I told him I said I think next week at Watkins Glen might be the better pick for that because you know historically Elliot has done a little bit better at Watkins Glen than he has Indy. Um, now I'm not saying that Elliot's not gonna do good at Indy, but just you know. I really need I, I need Elliot to have another week like he had last week. Yeah, that's what I need out of him for Indy. Yeah, I would that's be happy what, to see what, that. That's what I need out of him. Because right now, here's the way I'm looking at this. I'm looking at the scenario between me and Scotty. Right, Scotty's third. I'm fourth. Yeah, taking me all year to get there. Eight points away. Yeah, we're eight point difference. I've got Scotty, and this is the way I feel. I don't know if it's right, but I got you running scared, Scotty. He's I got in your you running scared. Ain't he? Yeah, I'm in his head. I'm living rent-free in Scotty's head right now. And he's running scared. But while he's running scared, he's, he's moving in, up the ladder. He's in front of you. He's he's moving up the <laughs> ladder. But I'm right in that rear view, and I'm getting bigger and bigger every time. So he's driving faster, but I'm staying right there. I'm letting him make the holes, You're and I'm drafting. driving through them with him. you know. And uh, I'm just waiting for that turn four so I can, give him that, I can rattle that cage and give him that old bump and run. You better hope it's turn four and not turn one at Indy. I'm going to get you, Scotty. I'm going to get you. <laughs> I'm reeling you in. But, uh, yeah, that's 
that's how I see that scenario playing out. I could be totally wrong. I mean, Busher might wreck first lap, and Elliott might win this thing. Who knows? So I try to stay away or from the, or trash this talking. Be, this wouldn't be a game if if we knew shit. You know, right. if we, I mean, the only one that knows it. anything is Hunter. Right. Well, and, he uh, up to what five weeks ago. I tell you, watch out. If Hunter finds that almanac, man, it's yeah. over. Yeah. Joe T, but I'll tell you who's sitting in a safe spot right now. It's Joe T up at top. Cause it's he not in has... his liquor cabinet because he would have found it. But <laughs> <laughs> Might be under his work boots. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> Take that, Hunter. Uh, I don't even know Hunter, but I'm, I'm going to laugh at that. That's pretty good. <laughs> so, Hunter, if you're listening, I know if it was in your liquor cabinet, you would have found it. But you might look under your work boots. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, I've been doing a little bit of homework this week. And uh, I'm surveying everybody around me. I think Joe T, he's going to be tough to beat. I don't know Joe. Well, you got to remember, too, when the chase starts, we go three-point increments. Like yes. right now, he's got a 20-point lead mm-hmm. on second place. Mm-hmm. That could go up or down before the chase. Mm-hmm. But he's, I'm sure he's got good picks left, too. You know? Mm-hmm. So those three-point increments when the chase starts is going to narrow this field out a lot for everybody. Right. You know, people that have burned a lot of picks, Mike R., I think you're going to see him fall to 27th and we only got 26 people in the league. <laughs> I think you're going to see that also from Josh. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I think Josh is doing pretty good right now in second. I mean, I give him all the props. He's he way ahead of me. He's got six wins. He, yeah, he's way ahead. He's got, I think he's got the most wins, doesn't yeah, he? Yeah, he's he got six because I know Earl was talking about that one day at work. He was trying to catch Josh on them wins, and he still can. But uh, Keep picking forwards. Yeah. Josh has used a lot of people. I think he's going to fall. Yeah. Um, I know right where Scotty's at, and I've noticed that you haven't burned anybody. No, I have now. Have you? I burned with, Hamlin. Uh, I went back to back with Hamlin. Oh, that's right. That's right. Yeah. You did burn Hamlin. He's I was like, ah, I see what Justin's doing. Yeah, I see what you're at. And I, I've, I've got Hunter. You know, I, it took me two and a half years, I think, to pass Hunter. Yeah. <laughs> I finally did it. <laughs> I'm ahead of Hunter by three points, <laughs> but I'm not taking him lightly. You know, just because no, he's, he's you can't ever count him out. No, he's got the almanac, so um, I'm gonna enjoy. Being in front of Hunter right now, I'm chasing down Scotty. Hey. But I know what everybody around me is doing. So that's that's where I'm at right now. That could change next week. Um, who knows? But uh, Well, I'm going to take my third spot, my third place back from Scott first. I know you're right on his tail. I'm going to take it before you do. Yeah. I'll tell you what, I'm going to pass him. And when I pass him, I'm going to side smack him. Do a little damage yeah, to them tires, little, slow him down. You're gonna hit his door a little bit. And then bit. you're gonna yeah, you're gonna blast on by him. Cause my plan is I'm not saying I'm gonna win this thing. Right. I, that's what I wanna do. That's what everybody wants to do, right? right? Bragging right. But I wanna finish you. on the podium. Yeah. That's my goal is podium. First, second, or third. I'll be happy with any of those three. Um but for right now, Scotty's in my crosshairs. Just so you know that, Scotty. You heard it. I'm going to listen to you fuss at me all week, and I'm going to trash talk you all week long until you pass me back. So I tell you what, that's just how we work. <laughs> that's how our lives have yeah. been. I mean, this 
this shit's going to get real serious when the chase begins. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, I mean, you're going to have... I mean, your top ten's going to be within 30 points of each other. Right. So one bad race, and you can a, go from first to tenth yes. that quick. You and know? there's a lot of people in that top ten that have good picks left. Right. So, so you know, I'm one of them people that's like... Well, I've got my list, mate. You've got more good picks than you know what to do with right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. But and, I know what to do with them. And too. there's a few others like that yeah. up around where we're at. Yeah, so they, I, but I know what to do with them. Mm-hmm. I think I do anyway. I mean, right. I thought I knew last week, and <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I swear when we get back to Bristol, I'm going to punch Chase Elliott <laughs> in the ass. <laughs> and I, I still owe him one from, <laughs> from two years ago. <laughs> I'm going to get each cheek this year at Bristol. And he's not going to say, I, I've got to do it like six hours apart. i got to catch him early when we get there Saturday morning. And i got to ass punch him as soon as, like in the first two hours we're there, I've got to ass punch him. Right. Numb that cheek. And maybe, maybe around 2, 3 p.m., ass punch him on the other side. Because what he did to me two years ago, Kevin Harvick in Bristol. Oh, and yeah, yeah. And what he did to me last week. So he's got two ass punches coming. Don't just, make me hit the middle. If right. you screw me again, Chase, I'm going to have to ass punch you right in the middle, and I don't want to do that. <laughs> it's going to be bad for both of us. And I know you listen to this podcast. So, oh, it's a good friend of the show, yeah. Right, he is a good friend of the show. And I don't, I mean, I will, I'll ass punch him so hard his mustache will Oh, you can't mess with a mustache. No, you can't I said his mustache will fill it. <laughs> <laughs> I just think an ass punch is the funniest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> and I'm just, just the visual of somebody punching somebody else in the ass is like, what? <laughs> yeah, because, uh, I mean, it's the visual, you think, I mean, it's funny just thinking about it. But when right. you see an ass punch, it is that much more funny because never somebody immediately <laughs> goes from walking in normal stride to walking like a zombie because they can't move their leg. And <laughs> Does their knee lock up? No. I mean, no. like, does the knee stay straight? No, not so they much. They just drag the foot. They just drag the okay. foot, you know, and it's... But to see somebody go from walking a normal stride to getting ass punched and not being able to run or sit down or, you know... You just hear them go, uh, Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that slow motion. No. <laughs> I'm not going to try to affect Chase Elliott's race at Bristol when we see him there. Because there's going to be people in our league that take him, I'm sure. You know, so I don't want to interfere with... Well, you can go ahead and ass punch him up if you want, because I'm no, not I'm taking go- Elliot no, at Bristol. No, I'm but, saying you know. I'm going to do it. I, I owe him two. Right. So I need to do it at like 9 a.m. and 2 p.m. So I don't cripple the guy. Right, right. You know, but... <laughs> It's, you, I mean, I, I've never double ass punched. Any, I've ass punched people before, but I've never done a double ass punch. But it would, just looking at the velocity of how that punch would have to go down, it wouldn't be good for either one of us. Right. So I'm gonna have to get so, into two separate times. So, so, just so I'm clear, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to mentally picture this. Right. Do you punch from up? Downward, no. or do you punch from you down upward? No, it's or is like, it straight it's like, on. It's like a right hook. I mean, you take off running, you know, and I mean, you're you're hauling, you know, you need a good thirty yard, twenty thirty yard run at somebody when they're walking away from you, and when you get up close to them, it's more or less like a right hook to me, 
because I'm right-handed. Mm-hmm. And you get whatever ass cheek you're trying to get, you know. <laughs> and you just keep on running as you so go by and punch them. I got you. I got you. I, I promise you, it's one of the so, funniest things you ever see. Like, I guarantee it. Like, I mean, we got riding the wall on YouTube now. We need yeah. to do that. Yeah. And we asked for volunteers once. Nobody's ever. Well, we will get, when when we have, we, we're we on YouTube, yes, but it, it is just in a listen form. We are going to be in the visual form. You know, it's going to be like a TV show at, at some point where you can actually see us, not just hear us. But when we do that, we will get some volunteers for the ass punch just to. If YouTube, I don't even know if YouTube, you can even do that on YouTube. I don't know. I don't know. But we'll try it. We probably I don't care. care. I don't care. We'll try it. I'll um, ask punch YouTube. I'm good with that. But we, yeah, we, we, we got a lot of funny <laughs> stuff that we can talk about on YouTube. But uh, but we could get a taker out there. I know it. I you guarantee know? it. Like It won't take and it would And it wouldn't, even, it wouldn't even be a bad deal to say, look, whoever's in the NASCAR Fantasy League, here's, here's what happens. First, second, third pays out. Most wins pays out. Um, whoever's leading at the time of the chase pays out. But whoever gets last place gets ass punched. On the YouTubes. On the YouTubes. <laughs> <laughs> now, now that could hurt because I, I couldn't have Mama or Mama Jess. Right. Anything like that. You know, I, I, I couldn't do that to a woman. Um you but know, so at this point right now, if that if that was this year, Mike R is getting ass punched for sure. Right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. He. I don't think he can recover. From... <laughs> yeah, I don't think he can recover either. <laughs> but uh, Tyler's pretty close to getting ass punched. Tyler's not getting auto picked either, is he? He's actually picking his people. Well, last last week or the week before, he got auto picked. He's only been auto picked once. Man, I feel bad for you, Tyler. Cause yeah, he's having a better year. He, you know, the he, year Tyler's having usually is Tyler's what I up there in the top year. ten. Usually yeah. Tyler's in the top ten. Wasn't Tyler like close to winning this thing last year? I think or he so. was towards. He was third. in the top five. I think he may like have. I mean, he, he was doing really, really like good that. last year. Yeah. And this yeah. year, it's like the wheels fell off of it. It's yeah. kind of like a Tyler Reddick at Michigan. You know, just the wheels fell off. Right. Doing good, and then wheels fell off. I mean, off, it can happen to any of us. You know. Oh yeah. I mean. Yeah. I Except think Hunter. I'm going to tell you right now. I think there's going to be two people that will volunteer for the ass punch. Who do you think will volunteer for? I think Earl or Brian will volunteer for it. That's awesome. We need to get in contact with them. <laughs> I, I, I I can talk to Earl tomorrow and see if he wants to get he, ass punched on TV. Should. You know? Yeah. See how many views we get. That'd, that'd Millions. Ass Millions. punch and Earl. That'd be a sitcom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it is. It's it's. It is a little out of the ordinary to ass punch somebody, but <laughs> I mean now back back when we was in school, we used to do the the pass out on purpose. Right. You know, people nowadays say it's all dangerous and stuff, and I don't know. It might be. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know the science behind it, but we used to do it, it all the fun. time, and it was funny as hell, I especially mean, when H.R. Scotty would miss the bus. Miss the bus, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh... but you know it's a, it's one of them things of like you know you just think of punching somebody, it's not that funny. Mm-hmm. It's not so much the punch that's funny; it's what comes after the punch. When, well, to me, it's where you're punching them. Right. You know. I mean, that yeah. But you punch somebody in the arm. It's where 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 I got where the ass punch came into my life uh-huh. was this guy I used to work with us. This son of a bitch was like six foot thirteen. He's a great big tall <laughs> son of a bitch. Okay. And he pissed me off at work one day. He was one of the managers up front. You know, he he's khaki pants, 
button-up okay. shirt kind of guy, you know, and I'm out there on the floor, mm-hmm. and I'm the expert. I'm doing this shit every day. You know right. what I'm saying? So oh, yeah, I know exactly. There, there's saying. a level of respect when you come come talk to Coming me. Coming to your neighborhood. Right, but right. he came down there one day, talked to me about how to do my job. It didn't fly very well. Okay. I mean, I, I listened to him. I'm open. If, if we got a better way of doing things, I'll listen. Mm-hmm. But kind of the the attitude that I was, and I'm not small. I don't think I'm a small guy. Right. You know, I'm 6'2". Well, to me, you're a pretty big guy because, you know. I'm 6'2", 250. I am not that big. But (laughs) this guy was quite a bit bigger than me. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, And when he was telling me what he was telling me, I listened to him and it, but it, it wasn't going very good. I was listening to him getting aggravated. Yeah. And, <laughs> and after he said a few things, I was like, look, just go, just go back to your office. Let me do what I do. You know, I'll make sure shit's right. Don't how worry do you, about it. How do you Don't take worry that? about it. Well, he, he, I can't remember exactly what it was, but he smarted something off and he's one of them that. He smarted it off and immediately turned and walked. Oh, he didn't give you an opportunity no. to come back. I got you. No, and it's, it's, it, I, I'm not going to, I'm at work. I'm not going to lose my job over anybody. Right. So, but you still don't like the disrespect. Right. You know? If you're going to say something, stand there and take what I got to say back. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. So he was that guy that said something he shouldn't have and immediately turned and walked away. And my choice of words was, hey, motherfucker. <laughs> and when he turned and looked at me <laughs> that's always an attention getter right there yeah it'll stop it'll stop production i promise yeah, you that guarantee it was hey motherfucker and when he turned and looked at me i said if you ever say something like that to me again and walk away and not take what you got coming i'll fucking ass punch you right here on this floor and he said you what i said you heard what the fuck i said i'll ass punch you right here on this floor because he's that he's like i said he's like six foot 13 i mean he's tall you know so i mean it's like you know with a good 10 yards he was away from me i could have got a just a real strong run punch at him Mm -hmm. i've ass punched people since i didn't ass punch him because i wasn't gonna lose my job but that's where the ass punch came into my life and i've ass punched like i said i've ass punched people since in a fun manner, not not to right. hurt nobody or piss yeah. nobody off, but just it, it yeah. is funny as hell to see. Oh, yeah. Just like making people pass out. Yeah. No, that's no. <laughs> that was great. Yeah, Ste- we'll, we'll tell you about Steph- that story. <laughs> Stephanie does not like that. I guarantee she does. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie does not enjoy. Yeah. Uh, I don't think most women do. They no, don't. But, they don't see the humor. Stephanie in it. had a different experience with it. Oh really? You know, that's that's which you and I both know. It's. Scotty's wife. Right. Great woman. Uh-huh. Um, she is a gym. Yeah. So, so her and Scott worked opposite schedules for many, many years. And she left the house and care of the kids in the hands of Scotty one night while she was working. Okay. <laughs> well, I see the on, problem already. Which, you know, coming down their driveway, you can see right in the living room window. <laughs> She comes down the driveway at like two in the morning. <laughs> she sees Scott and his brothers and everybody in there. Holding the kids <laughs> pass out. Oh, holding, <laughs> holding people up, squeezing them and, uh-huh. you know, <laughs> laying them down on the floor. <laughs> and, does, you know, as a, as a good mom, she doesn't 
really care for. It. Right. <laughs> All she sees is people getting laid down on the floor. <laughs> and uh, she hasn't let none of us forget it. You know. <laughs> I can see that. Yeah. yeah so it was a. Uh, it was a good time. Nobody in the house was complaining. You know, right. having fun. Nobody got hurt. It no, was just a fun but, time. But when mom's coming down the driveway. Yeah. Yeah, you got to straighten up real right. quick. So I thought, Tote Scott, I said, you put a fucking belt into that driveway. <laughs> put a gate. That way we see the headlights coming about a few minutes before. Yeah. Yeah. Well, my wife is kind of the same way with the who's the man. Right. You know, and, and. For anybody listening, we did Who's the Man back when we were late teens, early 20s. Hell, we'd probably do it today if we had a chance to do it, but it's basically just a UFC fight. If we didn't have to take two weeks off work. Right. <laughs> it hurts <laughs> to too recover. much now. <laughs> it hurts too much now to do it, but back then we did it all the time. And and we would we would we were all friends, but we would still fight. It was kind of like a fight club, only There's we There's only had, two rules. Only two rules. You don't punch in the nuts, and you don't punch in the face. Yep. Well, and the punch to the face was, it wasn't really a rule. You just, it was kind of a friend rule. Right. The only hard, hard rule was no, I think, pulling hair. Pulling we, hair. Pulling and hair and punching no, in the, in the no bag. Yeah. You couldn't do that. That was illegal. A punch to the face was just kind of the friendly, we're not going to do that type of thing. But everything else went. Yeah, we didn't need any marks on us because right. we usually had these. We were all too pretty. Right. You know, we didn't want to punch each other in the face. Take our money away. Right. So, well, and, and, and my story for that is back when, when we were early teens, um, I was the first one that had the house and I was the first one that got married out of all of my friends. So on a Monday night to watch raw or, or whatever we was going to watch or play video games all night, we, everybody came to my house and I had a small house. It was not big at all. Well, me and my wife were expecting our first kid. She was probably eight months pregnant with our first child. And uh, we were already having the, the room. You know, we had the crib set Nursery up. Nursery was had, ready. Oh, it was ready to go. You know, we had the wallpaper. It was all, it was all good. And um, she went over to stay with her mom because her, her stepdad had just passed away. And um, her she was staying with her mom to... You know, just kind of keep her company and, and, and stuff like that. While we were, us yahoos, were over at the house just running amok, watching Raw and playing video games and whatever we did as, as young name. men, you know. Because we were probably, what, 21, 20 years old, something like that. Yeah, I was 18, 17, <laughs> 18. Okay. <laughs> and so we, we had a who's the man. I wasn't drinking, over, though. <laughs> right. No, yeah, no, I don't think anybody was drinking at that time. I, don't, I, don't I, think I, I wasn't because I, I was think 21. Me and, me and Scotty so. might have been the only ones old enough. No. No, when my first kid was born, I was I was the only one out of us that, that was old enough to drink. And, yeah. and I wasn't drinking. but uh, but we, So we had a who's the man. Well, where are we going to do this? Well, we can't do it in the living room because it was too small. TV might fall over or something the way we did it. But, a lot of so, furniture to move. Yeah, yeah, too much stuff. It's too much work. So I got an idea. Of course, me being the brainchild of this whole thing, let's go into the spare bedroom and and we'll do it there. 
Well, the problem with that was we had to move a lot of furniture. We had to move the crib. A lot of furniture. We had to move couches or entertainment right. center right. like it we was, would have in the living room. It was cribs. It was an empty dresser. We Changing just kind of, table. Yeah. yeah, stuff like that. You know, very light stuff. That had to, so, so we had a who's the man. And I remember your brother, I think it was Chris, um, he started smarting off something. And he wanted to fight. Or he wanted to have his match, you know, with whoever it was. And we had like a random draw. Yeah, it was always random. Yeah, it was random. And uh, I don't remember who he was taking on that night. I think it might have been Scott. It was either me or Scott. I don't remember. But I think it was Scott. Because something happened. They were, they were going at it pretty good. And then all of a sudden we heard, boom! You know, and you heard sudden silence. And then all of a sudden you hear, oh shit! <laughs> I was like, what the hell? So I went in there and I looked, and there's a hole in the wall. Yeah. There's a hole right in the wall. Brand new house. Brand new house. <laughs> hole in the wall. And I said, what the hell? And Scott started laughing. He goes, I put his head right through it. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, what? Yeah, I put his head right through it. And Chris like, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. You know, he's apologizing. I'm like, oh my God. We're going to put the crib in front of this. How are we going to cover this up? <laughs> Because Mama Jess was not going to have it. No, my first thought was not, how are you doing, Chris? You know, how, yeah. are you all right? No, that was not my first. My thought, first you thought was, oh, okay. shit, it's the wall. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we uh, he he was okay. Um, Scott laughed uncontrollably for about two days. Yeah, it sounded like geese flying over. <laughs> <laughs> the Canadian kind. And, uh. So, yeah, we we repositioned all the furniture back in the house to cover up the hole. And I, I don't think Mom, I don't think uh, Mama Jess found out for a few weeks. And then I had to come clean as far as what happened. And, you know, I had my head down. I, I apologized a million times. And well, she still gives me a sour look yeah. to this day every time we talk well, about she, that. She but, knows uh, what she got into when she married you. So. Yeah, she did. I mean, but, you come uh, with, you come as a bundle. So. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the crazy stuff that we crazy kind of stuff that we used to do when we were kids yeah. but, uh, we got a lot more stories about that but we'll save that for the yeah. off season so we got something to talk about but uh, uh yeah i think i think uh if we ever revamped that idea i'd have to i'd have to take some vacation time oh a- yeah I afterwards it. you know and we'd have to out, i think we'd have to outlaw fish hooks because fucking, <laughs> fucking scotty you can, Scotty I, did all kinds of dirty stuff. So did you. We, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm okay. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'm not gonna say the move that you did <laughs> that just totally changed my life. You know, <laughs> right in a but, bad way. But I'll tell you what. <laughs> when your back's against the wall. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I understand. You know, how many? How many did I lose? I didn't. You know, if if it's like if I didn't win, you won. Not very you know many. What I'm saying? Yeah. It's like yeah. you know, it was it was like that, but it was. I am that guy that if, and I remember the time that we took on anybody. Right. We told anybody in the county, you want to, you want to, you want to show up, you want to show up and do this, and because everybody thought it was cool. Yeah, you know, UFC was taking over the world at that time, and that's what we were doing. Only it was a who's the man. You didn't tap. You said, like if me and you were fighting, and you, you put me in a move, somebody. you couldn't pin anybody. You couldn't tap. Tapping did not work. No. You had to say, if if you were beating me, I had to say, Justin, you're the man. And, right. and I'd and, let go. Yes, and, and, and the match was over. Right. That was the same thing as tapping. And and back you know back then, that was the ultimate form of, 
It was kind I, of a it's it's a pride thing. It's a pride thing, and yeah. you know you didn't want to say it, and I would not say it unless I felt a bone about to break. You know, right. but uh, I felt a bone break once. You my, might when have snapped my toe. <laughs> <laughs> it happens, you know. It's, it's the, part of the game, right? I wasn't mad but, at you. Uh, <clears throat> I, I never had a but, ill feeling after any of them. Oh matches. no, never, never. And and one of the rules was that you had to shake hands afterwards. You know, you, no hard feelings right. after the match. But um, but we had a we had a thing where you know you want to come in and you want to try it out. Let's go. Well, we had this guy that was he was he was a pretty big boy. Talking about Chris. Yes. Yeah. And uh, he thought he was tough. He thought he was real tough. Him and his little brother came over, yeah. and uh, they ended up getting a taste of what it was all about. And um, he he went out pretty quick, yeah, real quick. And then a few years later, after that, I heard that he was a, a cop down in Louisville. Um, I don't know how that ever went worked out for him, but you know, I was like, Psh. <laughs> <laughs> we made this Louisville cop just yeah. <laughs> pretty much pull, tap out pull right me, there in pull the room. me over I mean, here's my yeah, idea who's guaranteed. a man motherfucker you know right <laughs> you remember what happened a few years ago I think I'm good to go you got your body cam on yeah. cause I'm about to show you <laughs> put it right in your face again I guarantee it but you know but I that's mean, the kind of stuff we do right but the fish hooks man I, that's one thing I, I had the hardest time with cause oh, I swear I, hook, I, I swear it's like it took me two days to recover from the fish uh, hook. oh absolutely I mean but it, it was almost like like you could have Scott's arms pinned behind his back and turn for a second and he'd somehow get a fish hook in your fucking mouth you know oh, what yeah. i'm saying and it was <laughs> he was a wiry bastard right that was the problem with him was he's so wiry yeah but his thing with me if he ever got me in a bear hug he liked to do that the like bear hug type thing he loved to bear hug people and you couldn't get out of it you know i mean you had to oh, I found a way. you had to wet willy him or something <laughs> you know in order to get I found yeah, we'll, we'll we'll discuss that secret move later. Yeah, I'm not ready to to disclose that. One no, yet. we we we're about running out of time. Anybody so. that participated knows what we're talking about. Right. And I know HR Scott is just laughing his ass off right now because he was the victim of that a few times. Yeah, absolutely. But like I said, when your back's against the wall, I will not say right. You're the man unless you have unless to. you got me. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And if there's a way out, I'll find it. <laughs> We were dumb as hell, <laughs> but it was fun. It was a great time. It was great. I'd love to go back any time. I'd like to go back and watch that. Uh-huh. You know. Oh, man. That'd... Could you imagine? There's, yeah. We did so much stupid stuff. <laughs> but anyway, we'll, we'll talk about that in the off season. There's all kinds of good stories we're going to tell. But uh... well, Anything else you got? I don't. I know I don't. we've been long-winded as hell on this one. but uh... Best of luck to everybody in the league. Yep, yeah. yep, best of luck. I mean, like I said, the storm's brewing. Hopefully you come out on the better side of this. Hopefully and SVG and... Uh, Kobayashi? Hopefully SVG and rest of the field crashes and Almendinger takes a win. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so. you never did say who you picked. You picked uh, Almendinger. Yeah. Yeah. There's so, quite a few Almendinger picks. I mean, so. there's been two races there, and he got uh, first he and He won seventh. the first one. Yeah, yeah, first and seventh. That's not bad. That's not bad at all, but that that that's why I was on the fence. It also tells me he's due for a bad one. It scares well, me. Possible. So. It's possible. But I mean, Almendinger is always good on a road course, but you've got so many road course ringers coming in for yeah. this week. Yeah, I'm not worried safe. about him. I'm worried about the other 37 drivers around him. Yeah, that's my well. Worry. I still owe you one from Coda last year. Well, 
when I picked Dinger and you picked Chastain and he wrecked him to win the race. So I would be very much okay if Busher pushed Dinger off the track. I'm okay with that if it happens. As long as he pushes him off the track and he crosses the finish line second, I wouldn't be mad at it. Yeah, because there's, well, there's one person in front of me and I'm in fourth that picked Dinger, so I'm okay with that. But uh, we'll see what happens. You never know. Yeah. You know. It's crazy. Could get crazy. All right, folks. Yep. We'll see you. Um, we'll see you next week. Talk to you next week, or you'll be listening to us next week, however you want to look at yep. it. But uh, if you go to the races this week, wherever you go, enjoy your time. Take somebody new. Introduce somebody new to the sport if you can. Ask about somebody you don't like. <laughs> and we'll talk to you next <laughs> you week. You can do that, too. Don't call us <laughs> if you do. <laughs> We're not responsible, but, yay, whatever happens, happens, right? But, uh, yeah, we'll talk to you next week. Right in the face.